Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. We are here Tuesday, January 30th, 2018. 18? 18. 18. It's 18. Ian, just give me a cute little smirk, a very whimsical smirk. He wants to ask me to get some, Woo! Wants to ask me to get some Dairy Queen after school. Yeehaw! That was, that was, <laughs> I'm just trying to get... <clears throat> well, that's Ian Ferguson. I'm amping. I'm Pat Country. We sound nice and warm with our with our new microphones. They're very nice. Yeah, I think you've already spit on the the, the, the windscreen. Which I, I haven't. <laughs> oh, it's dry. But um, what's interesting is that we were going to save these microphones. By the way, how's everyone doing out there? I can't hear you. What's interesting? <laughs> though, we were gonna we were gonna save these microphones for the soft relaunch at Castle Country, but we're using them. We're testing them. I think they're going to be fine. So coming up on the show, Ian will be talking Dragon Ball Z fighters. We're going to be talking about a bill introduced in legislation in the U.S. possibly to regulate loot boxes, the Todd Rogers Twin Galaxies dragster controversy, a gross pong, motherfucker, a Pong game show, maybe the Royal Rumble match, and your Q and A. Ian, I know you're feeling like shit. I'm not doing too much better. I cried during yoga. I can admit it. I'm a man. I, cr- I cried so many times today. And you cried during yoga. We're just uh, what is a mess of emotions and. You ever watch home movies? No, I've heard that's a great show. I haven't watched it, though. It's a whole episode based on the Crywalkers. The Crywalkers? It's about men who walk in the woods and cry. It's a good episode. You should watch it. Okay. Coach McGurk gets sucked into going on a walk with the Crywalkers. He just can't stop crying. Yeah, he cries a lot. I see the beards come back, so that was a short-lived experiment with the shave. No, no, I'll shave again. I like it though. I mean, it's it's clean. As long as you keep it clean. I just, you know, this is about the length I want. I just need to clean it up. Yeah, you know, it's like scrotum here. It can't get too messy. Uh, I keep that real neat. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> neat like your whiskey. Uh, how did you did you enjoy the, your first out of four SoCal Retro Gaming Expos? I tried to get you to go to. <laughs> I did. I really enjoyed it. Saturday was a very uh, positive experience. Um, Lots of nice people. It was shoulder to shoulder packed. Uh, I think it was over three thousand people yeah, through the gate it was, for the weekend. It was tight. Um, the great boxes did extraordinarily well. Ian sold great boxes with with nice little funny, insane. I hope you scanned some of them. Uh, bird drawings. Yeah, they were fantasy bird drawings. They were crazy. Um, very tripped out uh, for a reason. Um, there was cards in them and stuff. Uh, they were they were fun. They were packs fun of make. cards. Pa- pa- yeah, packs of old stock like, cards, like Yo MTV Raps pack. Uh rap pack cards. Uh, some people were lucky enough to get San Diego Zoo cards. I'm fucking jealous. I didn't know those existed. Yeah, Vani only found three packs of those. So those 
those were those were particularly hard chase cards. That's insane. Get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'll get the whole set of that. I hope they have Sam the fishing cat. Yes, the fishing cat. I named Sam whenever I go to the zoo. I love the fishing. cat. I don't cat. know if it's a female or male, but I call him Sam. The, the whole. Fishing cat. I mean, the fishing cat area smells like pee, but I can. I don't care. Neither do I. I'll let, I, I'll let Sam pee in my mouth. I don't care. Mm. Fishing cat's fucking awesome. Yeah. You I, know the Paulus cat. The Paulus cat's getting more popular. That that fucking tubby oh, yeah. cute. Like, the thing's like awesome. Russian, yep. Mongolian fucking cat that lives up in the mountains. The most adorable thing ever. Have you ever caught the fishing cat fish? Because I did once, and yes, it was I think the it best was. thing. I think once I saw him jump in. But best. mostly mostly Sam's like up above hiding from, from, from us humanoids. Yeah. Cats want to be bothered. Sam's so, a good name for I'm that I'm like cat. a cat. I don't want to be bothered by people. Yeah. Leave me alone. You know, but anyway. What were you saying? Oh, uh, yeah. SoCal. Oh, SoCal. Great time. Best green room ever. Oh, uh, yeah. The green room set up for the guests. I mean, you have... All the candy and drink stocked, and you can play foosball and air hockey and a fucking uh, slugfest by Williams, one of my favorite all-time. I guess it qualifies as a pinball machine. It's a pitch and bat, which pitch does bat. qualify uh, as pinball. I played last time I was there. I, played, I qualified I played as pinball. I played nine full innings last time. I didn't care. Yeah, it's great. You know. I beat Norm handily. Uh, yeah. Love you, Norm, but I kicked your ass. It's, fun. it's a fun two-player <laughs> challenge, though. Oh, it is. Because... You know, you have screwball, fastball, curve, and it's actually tough to really time it. Oh, and it throws the pitches like, I mean, it's a curveball. It's a oh, screwball. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a really good time. Um, I had fun with our panel. It was a really good panel, good crowd. Uh, Gerard needed people to fill in for his panel because Alex was unfortunately sick. Uh, it seems like everyone has had the flu in the past two weeks. That was a, a really fun panel. A lot of people. I, I've I've avoided it. I usually get the flu like once every two, three years. Got my flu shot. Okay, don't give me any of that residual flu shot disease because some people have a bad reaction to it and get sick anyway. If you have if you have an egg allergy, egg that's, allergy? That's a big yeah. They always ask if you have an egg allergy. Are people allergic to eggs? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. You can't eat pasta then. You can't eat breads and stuff. Imagine how sad that would no, be. No, half of your breakfast items were just off the table. And I love no breakfast. waffles, no pancakes. I can't eat breakfast at breakfast usually. What? I I I, you have I to wait till lunch. You I eat do breakfast? not. I I would have to wait till dinner. I don't get hungry until dinner. You're like you're like Frank. I didn't know that Frank does it. Eats like once a day. He's like a snake. I'm a lot like Frank, in a lot of ways. Not for, not for your musical taste, but yes, you have the exact opposite. I like music. some of Frank's music, just not the Beatles. Not the, that's a big one though, not to like. Anyway, what have you been up to, Pat? How are you? Oh, I was crying in yoga. It wasn't totally my fault. We cry uh, a lot. I, no, I don't. I don't cry a lot. I cry like no, tw- twice I mean, a year. you don't. You're, it's like squeezing blood from a stone. Squeezing tears from, from my rocks, rock face. From your rocks. Yes. From your rocks, Pat. That, that are nice and clean and, and tight. And, yeah, tightly shaved. <laughs> Jesus, um, fuck. The, 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 but there was such a, there was this musical... The, the music in Shavasana. Shavasana is where you relax. It's the meditation. Yeah. Technically, yoga is meditation. But when you Shavasana, you're done with your practice. And there was like a piano drawl playing that like just sucked me in. I was like, oh, my God, this is very emotional. And I just started like <laughs> in yoga. I, I, I mean, laugh, I just did it. I laugh only because I understand. Like It's I'll, happened like three times in 10 years of yoga. I'll watch like I'll be at the movies. And if it's the wrong day. I'll see a preview for a movie that looks like shit, but if the soundtrack is like overly epic, I'll be like, "Woo! I need to get chills watching the Two Towers trailer." I got, I gotta choke this back. 
So, I, so anyway, I feel you. So here's the here's the here's the thing, Ian. Here's the thing. I've enjoyed our little our little uh, vacation here. It's been nice at, at Fergusonville. However, the, the next podcast will be at Castle Country. We're going to do the soft soft re- relaunch of the show, um, and it'll be in, in the studio. I'm looking I'll, forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I have a nice table. We're gonna we're gonna get a table made, but in the meantime, we have a temp table. I don't know if you guys have to let us know if you want us to use the Zelda tablecloth or something more solid color to be more professional. We shall see, but I think it'll be fun. We have the mics, so we're ready to go there. And um, I got to get the game room together, though. I have someone visiting me next week. I have to get the game room together. No, not a prostitute. They're not interested in games. But someone's going to be visiting me. I got to get the game room together. Can't reveal why right now. You will find out in due time. Uh, but other than that, life is okay. It's not as bad as it was two weeks ago or two weeks before that. So it's getting gradually better. Around the new year, it kind of hit a low. And now it's a little bit better. But <laughs> it's getting better. I'm charging on back. Back to the gym, which is good. I did squats on Friday and I hadn't done them over a month. And that was like, ooh, woo. Pop a squat. And I pop multiple. I do. I usually do three sets of 12 and I do some leg press sets nice. on Fridays. Get your, get, your, get your legs nice and swole for the weekend. Yeah. That's what's good. So anyway, anyway Ian, you wanted to talk about Dragon Ball Z. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, so uh, what I've been up to is uh, I formed a band. Okay. Yep. I did not know that. Yep. I formed a band. Uh, you can follow us at Electronica Boys, B-O-I-Z. This is real. This isn't a joke. Oh, no. This is, this is not a joke. Like, uh, that would be me and my friend Anthony Mann. Uh, B-O-I-Z? B-O-I-Z. Uh, we have not put anything out yet. Um, that would be me and my friend Anthony Mann. Is he local? Is, uh, nope. Nope. He's not. He's in Ontario, Canada. Uh, at N-T-R-S-K-T, I believe. We're going to take the world by storm. Um, may take a while, but we'll let you know when. And uh, other than that, I've been playing Dragon Ball Fighters. And uh, wait, you're actually going to produce music with this person? Like you're actually like like. Together? I mean, I mean that's the goal. Yeah. Okay. You know, just sounds like a fun thing to do. Um, I mean, we might be a fake band. We might even be like Spinal Tap. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I like how your profile picture is like pictures of random plastic bowls oh those are two pictures of um glade uh air fresheners kissing each other this uh, is this is starting off well this project yeah it's to represent um love oh okay uh you know love can be found anywhere even among air fresheners all right so uh after that i've been playing a lot of dragon ball fighters and monster hunter world um dragon ball fighters is um a huge release it's um it's huge I mean, really, um, <laughs> sir, uh, it's, it's big because it's probably the first quality Dragon Ball Z fighting game, um, ever released. It's, it's released by Arc, uh, Arxis, Arc System Works, who makes, um, the Blaze Blue and the, uh, Guilty Gear fighting games. Um, it's also a tag fighter. Uh, it's Ooh. a three-on-three three tag fighter. Three-on-three. Three. So, like Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Okay. Um, yeah. Or, I, yeah, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, it mostly utilizes characters from uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Uh, some of the characters obviously cross over from Dragon Ball, but only because they're in Dragon Ball Z. Um, 
It's absolutely gorgeous. From what I've played, it's fun. It's easy to pick up. I can see where the technicality or the technical um, play is definitely going to come in. It's easy to pick up because a lot of the supers and specials are the same per character. So, like, a quarter circle forward plus light and medium is always going to launch some sort of super special. So, you can grab characters and kind of mix and match and see what feels comfortable to you based on their moves without having to learn necessarily a whole new move set per character. Doesn't mean that the moves aren't different. Doesn't mean that they don't play different. But you don't necessarily have to try to memorize a new character every time. Oh, I see. Okay. You get what I'm saying? So you can play around with different play styles without necessarily having to try to, you know, memorize stuff every single time. Sure. Um, now, some characters obviously can bl- break that role, but it, it, it's it's not as common. So in terms of the, the gameplay, you would compare it to a, a fighting game like Marvel's Capcom 3 where a lot of juggling and... Tag-ins and I things mean, like if, that. If, if you if you want to simplify it down to its 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 most basic, sure, you can compare it to something like Marvel vs. Capcom. I, mean, I would say more like two, um, where yeah, you're tagging in and out. You you have as, assists. You know, you can yeah. pull an I assist. Mean, you I'm can watching pull right tag. now. There's like oh, okay. twenty hit combos regularly. Sort yeah, of thing where it's like up in the air, one two tag, and it cuts away to a, a super or whatever right. special. And very much yeah. like uh, and very much like in Dragon Ball, um, you can you know do air chases on opponents, um, which, you know, feels to me a lot like stuff from Arcana Heart 3, which is another fighter. Um, You can disappear and teleport. Um, You can do all sorts of crazy shit in the game. And it's a lot of fun. So I'm going to have to play more to have a final judgment on it, but I I, I definitely feel that as far as Dragon Ball Ball Z fans go, um, this is easily the best thing that's been released as far as um, a fighting game goes. My only beef is the oh, roster is a little bit limited. Are you going to add more? How many is it? It's 21 with, I think, one unlockable character, and then there's going to be eight DLC characters, which at this point, unfortunately, is basically how it goes. Um, that's so funny you say that's a limited roster, 21. I would think that that's not, but then you say there's, well, there's three. If it was one-on-one, I wouldn't say it's limited, but, with but it's three-on-three. Three. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of combinations. However, if I mean, if, if it plays out that they're balanced, I understand, and, and Arxis usually does make fairly balanced characters. I do love the animation style and how when it animates from a cutscene... To back to the gameplay stuff, it's flawless. It looks oh my like, god, it's it looks insane! Like a, it looks like a cartoon. My buddy Adam Gazowski, who's a, a, a comic book colorist, um, was just watching us play the other night, and he was watching oh, just beautiful. the effects and how the coloring goes. And he was like, he understood how it was happening, and he was just, this is gorgeous, you know. The other one, Monster Hunter World. Um, if, if if anyone's ever played Monster Hunter before. Monster Hunter World is fantastic. Um, I'm just as sad as every anyone who has a Switch that Monster Hunter XX didn't get ported over to it um, because I think the Switch is a beautiful console for a Monster Hunter entry. Um, and I played uh, 3 and 4 Ultimate on the 3DS and loved both. I'm a big fan of the series. Um, 
but this is a great game for console owners. Uh, it's a gorgeous game, and Monster Hunter is kind of notorious for being hard to get into. So the Monster Hunter series is kind of it was kind of an evolution of the Fantasy Star Online series where basically it's an online RPG but it's not an MMO. Okay? So you create your character and in these modern versions you get what's called a palico, which is part of the feline race. So you get to make a little cat buddy who goes out Aww. with you on adventures. I want a cat buddy. And you go monster hunting, and the monsters look very much like dinosaurs or dragons. And this one, instead of throwing you in with very little information on crafting and the different types of quests, kind of holds your hand a little bit at at first and teaches you how to get into it. Um, Which is great, because Monster Hunter is a really fun game with a lot to offer in terms of crafting and questing, and, um, you know, you can spend a lot of time crafting, or you can spend a lot of time researching monsters, you can do all sorts of things, and these are things, I think, depending on how much you've played Monster Hunter, you might miss entirely on a normal playthrough of, of an entry, um... Because they're 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 known to be very hard to get into. Like I said, they don't hold your hand. This one eases you into it more. Um, some people, uh, especially like a lot of Nintendo fanboys, and I know we kind of come across as those. But I mean, I I, I will. Uh, I mean, I'm a Turbo fanboy more than a Nintendo fanboy. I'm a. I'm a piece, yeah, Neo Geo Pocket Color. I'm a Neo Geo Pocket Color fanboy. Yes. That is definitely let's let's true. do let's let's be proper here about what we're yeah. actually fanboys of. Um, but um, that cat's adorable. By the way, there's a cat with like one eye. Oh, you looked it up. I'm looking at the IGN review. Yeah, I made Spike. He's he's real awesome. Um, Are you make your own cat. Oh yeah, you can. Oh god, oh, the created oh, character. Oh, is... Oh god, don't. I'll make. I'll make. You create your character, no. and then you create. Your I'm palico. Make, I'm making. I'm making mochen fajita. Yeah. I'm making oh, both I of mean, them. you can. I made both Spike. He's very cranky looking. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Now I want to get this because just just to have my fucking old old cuddles who passed so, away twenty years ago. Some people are basically. Some people are trying to write this off as too casual, but it's it's actually not. Once you get into it, it's very much the same game. It's it's always been very very brutal. Um, you know, it, it's hard, but it's uh. You it just, at least gives you a fighting chance. You just go around killing monsters with your cat. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, basically. And then I, w- you, I want to do that. And then you harvest that. And then you harvest like Wait. their. You harvest the monsters' uh, materials, and then you go the, craft weapons. Did and, the other one have cats? Uh, they started adding the cats in brilliant. three or four. I mean, that's just brilliant. I mean, I'm on board. Just I didn't care until you said make your own cat. I'm like, oh, oh and yeah. they add all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Like, there's gonna, uh, they they love to bring in other licenses. So I think this is releasing later on Xbox One, but they've they've already got on day one free Horizon Zero Dawn content. Uh huh. And they're going to be adding Street Fighter content. And I, be- <laughs> I, I believe... <laughs> what do you fight, Zangief? <laughs> and if I remember correctly, for Ultimate 4, you could get costumes for your Palico that looked like Isabel from like Animal Crossing and stuff like that. Okay. They have such a blast with this series. As a matter of fact, I have... Where is it? 
I love this here so much. I actually, I can't see it in here. It might actually be in the bedroom. I have a, a pillow that looks like the uh, roasted meat icon from from the series. The roasted meat icon? Oh, because um, you actually pop out a spit during a quest, and you can roast meat while a little jingle plays, and you have to time it properly because you have to eat the meat to regain stamina. Oh, okay. So you can carve meat from from certain creatures, and then you roast the meat. <laughs> it's an amazing game. You, so you can feed some to your your cat now too. Oh, your cat's good. Your cat's fine. Your cat cat's is... good. The cat goes off and will f- help you fight creatures, or it will go find you treasure. Oh, really? Oh, your cat's amazing. You can... and, and you can craft new gear for your cat. Okay, I I don't have time to play this game. <laughs> well, you you don't I have a PS4, the... so it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not gonna be on the Switch eventually. Uh no, World will not be on the Switch. I'm still hoping for a port of XX because I love Monster Hunter so much. I'd play both. All right, well you'd be happy to know that Pro Jared gave it a nine out of ten on his uh, video review. You'd be happy to know that. Oh, it just came up here. That's some good taste. That's some good taste. There you go, Ian. Yeah, I I not that I'm a, a, a prognosticator on this stuff. But didn't I say that there are going to be more regulation coming down the pike about these loot boxes? You said it, too. Yep. And I'm happy and st- to see it. Start in Europe. And within a couple of months, like five weeks, it's like, well, what's going on here? So a state senator in the U.S. wants to regulate loot boxes in Washington. So, all right. And this got into the news, obviously, because of Star Wars Battlefront 2. But it's really been happening the last two to three years where it's becoming more prevalent, where loot boxes create imbalance in the game you feel like you got to buy them to get to, to just to just to not even get ahead you got to buy them to stay even with the rest of the pack it seems like or else you got to play 150 hours to earn it without spending money you know it, it, it's interesting too to me that this got introduced because of battlefront 2 well that was huge news it, right but battlefront 2 because of the backlash didn't actually end up selling the loot boxes but that was the thing that i think really brought it to the forefront it was star wars it was holiday season which didn't help um you know uh overwatch does this a lot is i mean i think this is you know overwatch is as much as i like the game they abuse this so horribly the state center is kevin ranker um and the bill says this is in quotes and this this is why it's going to force the industry to self-regulate like they did with the esrb like Yes. Sit down, come up with standards and practices that you all can agree on. Agree on, so the government doesn't have to step in and do it. Right. We don't, and that's what they were trying to do with the ESRB in the nineties. Like we don't want to do it, but we will have to unless you get your shit together. So this is the first step here. It's happening in one state, but this can easily then spread to other states, and then eventually it can spread nationally with with a federal bill. So the bill says, industry, industry, sit down, figure out what is the best way to regulate this. It is unacceptable to be targeting our children with predatory gambling masked in a game with dancing bunnies or something. I think it's funny. He's not that far <laughs> off, though. Is he that far off? Not really. Um, so it's going to be required the Washington State Gambling Commission to consult with the industry and commit a near year-long survey before submitting their findings by December 1st. So they're going to actually look into, okay, what's happening here? What are ways we can improve this? I'm not going to just go off half-cocked. All right, recommend how to regulate loot boxes and restrict the sale of games that include them, especially the younger players. I think that's key. Um, says, uh, believes loot boxes and similar mechanisms are especially harmful to, for children who don't know better. Of course. Right. Of course. I this mean, is th- this is just an easier, more expensive, you know, a gumball machine with the little fucking plastic yeah, pond figures. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. 
It's like, even without your hand, yeah, mom, give me 50 cents to get that. Oh, no, you didn't get it. Okay, we're going home. Not with this. So the parents aren't around. Click, 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 click. Oh, $150 bill. Great. And, th- and what I always argued for about what's so bad about this is that for a lot of these games, the odds are not revealed for what are your chances of getting that item you want. You, is you it one can in 100? look them up, but you have to go deep. Is it 1 in 10? Is it 1 in 50? Right. Is it 1 in 100? And if they change, do you know the odds change? Like, do you know? You know, it's not like you're, you're when you go to a, a casino, the odds of winning a, in blackjack or craps are absolute for what they are. That's not going to change. Right. With this, it can be a click of a button behind the scene. And, oh, that special weapon used to be 1 in 50. Now it's 1 in 100 because we know we can make that much more money. So it looks like... Uh, according to this article from Gadget, Apple was finally required, uh, they required games in the Apple Store to list their loot box odds. So that's good. Apple said, we have to do this ourselves, we should. China forced every developer across all platforms to disclose theirs a year ago. So China's ahead of us when it comes to this, believe it or not, which is kind of weird, but all right. Okay. He's, and, and according to this article, that's the only reason we know the odds in every Overwatch, Hearthstone, right. and Heroes of the Storm loot box drop. Because Blizzard did not reveal them publicly. So China, it was through China... Ah, okay. I was wondering why we, we knew the odds. Okay, for for Overwatch. But I don't. Th- it, but even if if you went that far and regulated to say that, okay, this is kind of gambling. Just tell us the fucking odds, so that we know you're not playing tricks on the consumer. Where you know, if I, if I know it's one in a thousand, maybe I won't go for that or won't get my hopes up. Versus it's one in ten or one in fifty or one in hundred. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's still gambling. I mean, scratch offs give you the odds, but you have to know the odds you know. though. Yeah. Never tell me the odds. Well, here you should because you're not feeding it to some weird ass. You know what I mean? Because it is it is very psychological, and you can't get addicted very quickly to sure. it. Sure. And if you know your friend has that weird ass item that they got, you don't know how easy or hard it, it's going to be to get. You don't know how much money it's going to take, and maybe they do something where they even out where well you you can gamble to get it, or you can just pay out what the odds would be to get. You know what I mean? Like at least they can do something. So that it's not as hidden as it is now, and I think that's really the problem. It's behind a it's behind a fucking Wizard of Oz veil. Sure, how this works. I agree. Um, and I think these sorts of things are are actually, and, and they they need to figure it out because it really is. I at this point deterring people from um, buying games, which I think is great. So. You you look at something, if we go back to Battlefront 2, um, there was actually an article, uh, I think it was just put out today or yesterday, uh, where they said that, um, where EA was uh, bitching and moaning about how Battlefront 2 uh, missed its sales marks by a great amount. Um, here's the funny thing. They blamed the... Uh, kerfluffle over the loot boxes on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? And the microtransactions. So they did away with those, and they blamed the misunderstanding over it on that, and then in the same article announced that they would soon be bringing back microtransactions to try to make up for that lost money. I mean, no one learns. Well, if you if you have stakeholders in the company, it's a public company. You know, I'm going to do it. My my question is: so did they learn, and they're going to put microtransactions into this one to try to make some money back, and maybe not fucking do it next time? Or oh, are going to do it? They may just do it smarter. 
They'll just do it where it won't be as blatantly awful in order to get Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. It'll make it a little bit easier right. to get it. I mean, so it's so, not so playing for 60, 70 hours, you know. Right. Now, they said these were only cosmetic, um, but it but but it also sounds... Well, that's what they said, but when we were discussing it initially, it was there was power-up cards in there as well that could definitely turn the tide of the battle. Sure. At least with Overwatch... And I don't agree with it, but it truly is only cosmetic. Then that's fine. In Overwatch. And, and if that becomes something part of an eventual bill, maybe that maybe that's something that can be put into an eventual state or federal bill where it's like you cannot gain a competitive advantage and sell it for whatever amount of money. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's something they can work in. Yeah. In, in Overwatch, there is no competitive advantage to their loot boxes, which I think is the only benefit. What drives me nuts about Overwatch is that what does feed into the buy 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 aspect of it is that um you good go ahead my computer powers off continue in. oh okay but we're still recording okay so um the only thing is they have limited seasonal costumes limited that are only available for like a month at a time and a lot of them they do not uh, put back up, or if they do, they don't tell you that they're ever going to put them back up. So people will just pound that buy button throughout the month to try to get the limited costume for their favorite. Oh, character. that's yeah, that's kind of dirty. Yeah, so that that's where I do that. Take that issue should be regulated over, too. Yeah, exactly. Like even if you put it up for sale for a, I mean, you can put it up for sale for a stupid amount of money after that period. You you ha- I I feel like there has to be a loophole in there where you can get it after that limited period. I mean, otherwise people are going to spend hundreds on trying to get a stupid costume. Sure, within thirty days. Because and, and I know people who have done that and still never got that costume. They spent at least a hundred dollars to get a fucking costume in a game. Yeah, and some people never got it. And how do they feel afterwards? They feel stupid or like just I mean let down. Yeah. Well, at some point, you have to watch your own finances. But if you're a ten year old, I can understand that you have less sure. impulse control over that. And plus, it's not your money; it's daddy's money. It's magic. Credit, credit's magic. It's not real money. It's not real cash. It's not quarters you put into the the gumball machine at the pizza place, right? Right. So, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. But this is the first star. I think this is going to catch on more and more. As it's not, you know, it's it's not whether or not we know about it. It's whether or not people in power know about it. And there's going to be some altruistic people that want to pass it to help gamers and children and consumers. Some will use it for political gain, like some probably did with the ERSB in the, in the 90s. But either way, it's going to grow eventually, this you know, this sort of backlash publicly. It'll happen. It just takes time for it to get into the, you know, into the, you know, into the, the public eye more and more, besides us, you know, us on the video game scene. So, Ian at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, we discussed... Nintendo Labo. You remember that great conversation? There were punches thrown, some hair hair grabbing. It was fun. Yeah. So much. But we're gonna we're gonna transition to our great conversation. The audio is gonna be different. We didn't have these nice warm mics there. It'll be fine. We're gonna transition there now. So we're having a great time here. We just had a podcast come out about a week ago, a little less than a week ago. But there's been stuff that's happened in the news, including in Nintendo Labo. Yes, indeed. Interesting. Interesting. This is Nintendo going after the educational market, the STEM sort of uh, 
market, which has risen probably the past eight, nine years, mm -hmm. you know, in science, technology, engineering, math. Did I miss anything out of STEM? Is that it? Is that even right? Do I even know what I'm talking about? Is that what STEM stands for? Yeah, I say, yeah, I think you're right. Excellent. So, so uh, we can put the screen up on here. We can show everyone what you get with Nintendo Labo. What is Nintendo Labo? Nintendo Labo combines the magic of Nintendo Switch, the magic, with the fun of do-it-yourself creations. Start with a piece of cardboard, build a 13-key piano, a fishing pole, even a motorbike, and your Nintendo Switch console to power it up. Hold the recital, catch a fish, win a race. With Nintendo Labo, building is just as fun as playing. Have fun discovering how it all works. You might even invent new ways to play with each Boy-Con creation. So, what do you get with it? Well, you get a laser-cut cardboard with instructions how to put it together. Uh, you get the software, which is probably instructions in mini games to use your creations. And there you go, you have a motorbike right there. That's actually pretty cool, I have to admit. I like that. Um, and there's also, yeah, the, the, the robot jetpack with like arms and legs moving around, like, or, or not jetpack, just a, you know, battery pack. You'd probably look pretty cute as a robot. I would, I would. Um, and you can only customize your creations. You can draw it. And you had a Guy Fieri looking uh, motorcycle handlebar going on there. No, bad. Or you can have the, the donkey sauce. Who calls their sauce donkey sauce? Guy Fieri, that's who. So then you have a you have a cute little insect looking thing there uh, that they drew, and um, so so first impressions I thought were mostly positive on social media. It was trending. People were like mostly positive. This is a cool idea for kids. They're going to have something to do in school, potentially, with this. This is something that teachers in the science class will buy tomorrow. But, I mean, this is something like, oh my god, this can make learning fun. This can make sense. I know, but they can still pre-order. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying in theory they'd buy tomorrow. So you got to put up with... Um, but So there's going to be two available, correct? One at $69.99 and one at $79.99. The robot one, the giant robot one, is going to be $80. Yeah. And, and then the normal the, one, the fishing pole, piano, motorbike one is the cheaper one, correct? Yeah, Toy-Con set one is the $69 one, $70. And I think that's actually the far more interesting one. Um, you know, people love the way the robot one looks, but it's a, it's a one-trick pony. Um, for $69.99, you get the six toy controllers. That's six projects. I think people who think that this is overpriced aren't necessarily thinking about... If they think it's overpriced, they've never bought something like this before, a do-it-yourself kit probably. Perhaps. So, I look at it this way. You look at a package of mini-games that Nintendo is putting out. You figure they're not going to sell that for less than $49.99. That's 50 bucks. Less than 60 at this point. Probably. If you go buy a quality... I don't know, anyone in here Papercraft? Papercraft is fun. If you go and you buy a set of six nice paper craft projects, it's probably gonna run you about 15 to $20. These are heavier cardboard. It's not like Nintendo's cutting you a discount here, but I don't think they're particularly overcharging, especially on the Toy-Con pack. Um, if I were to buy this and take it home, uh, back to Buffalo, and say, do this with my niece over the course of a week, I would consider that money well spent. Um, you know, spending time with family, you're going to have fun with it, and you know, if they use it afterwards, great. Um, but I think one of the other things is I think the cardboard is really only the beginning of what we're going to see with 
lab out. Uh, I think within six months, we're going to start seeing 3D printing. I think we're going to start seeing custom builds. I think we're going to start well, seeing a lot of creativity that goes beyond cardboard. You mean from the, from the mass market or from other vendors, at third-party companies that will pump these out? No, I, I just mean people who get into this. People get into it and said, like, I want a piano that's not cardboard, maybe it's plastic. When you start talking about, you know, people who are going to maybe use this in STEM curriculum, you know, I mean, you forget, I mean, well, maybe we forget, you know, that high schools have a lot more technology than they did when you and I were in high school. You know, a lot of high schools have multiple 3D printers. Well, which school did you go to? Um, I didn't have that. What are you no, talking about? No, neither did I. I said, I mean, wow. Oh, that's where my tax money's going to, 3D printers? All right. Okay. You want kids to learn technology or no? <laughs> so a lot of high schools have this. I could see that being a big thing uh, as part of a STEM program. And then that makes sense. evolve beyond well, the, the, you know, the, the cardboard and the possible construction. I guess it also depends upon how open-ended this software could potentially be. So maybe there'll be a crafting program built in where it'll be like, okay, try to build your own little thing. You know, what if you build your own little would knock off of what we have and almost like Lego said, yeah, you can follow the instructions, but you can also go off on your own and build something eventually. And then maybe I'm thinking of all I'm thinking I'm harkening back to all the awful uh, cheap Wii controller contraptions you used to see in the store, like all the, the freaking bowling balls and the tennis rackets and the baseball bats. What if those same companies want to make money? What if they come up with something to spin off on this? to help kids create in some way. So it actually be useful junk, and not just junk junk, that'll evolve from this. Because if it makes money, you're gonna have third parties in China pumping this crap out. They'll come out with their own uh, cardboard laser cut designs, potentially, if it can be worked in. They'll come out with their own plastic contraptions to snap on. You know, I think the sky could be the limit for something like this if more and more people get it. If this is a, a true hit, this will explode. In my opinion, I think this would be something that explodes. This will be like the hottest, not just like video game apparatus, but maybe just general toy item for a certain age demographic. Does that make sense? Is that possible? You see that? Like, this is so early that we don't know entirely where this could go yet. We don't know what game companies are going to adapt something, a technology like this. Because now all of a sudden you have something where you have all these game companies go, why do we think of that? Like, why didn't we think of building a contraption that can come with the game for whatever purpose? You, you know, know? You know, you want to know why I'm really actually excited about this? Um, perhaps a return of Sega Bass Fishing. Oh, Sega Bass Fishing. <laughs> that's, that's uh, I mean, that's really what I'm most excited about is I want to build the uh, fishing rod and then make the colors accurate to the <laughs> Sega Bass Fishing rod and then yeah, I want to okay. fish. That's what I want to do. Oh, and I also want to make this keyboard. Uh, what do you th what do you th think when you hear people say, "Well, it's not going to be that durable. This cardboard is going to break down over time." Yeah. Well, cardboard, if folded properly, is actually extremely durable. Um, and sure, it probably will break down over time. Nintendo said that the templates will be up uh, to print. Who's got that kind of printer? Well, libraries. If you have a big library, they can print out cardboard with the dotted lines on it to fold. I mean, or you can hope you have a steady hand and use scissors. And if you can't print that, then I'm sure you can just print it on paper and trace it and cut it. Um, some of these things, you know, they're using reflective tape, you know, to bounce around the, the infrared beam. So I'm sure there's ways, you know, you just go to 
Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever and get a roll of reflective tape. But, but, I'm but sure, either way, like I said, I'm sure Nintendo is, is, is working on a way to make sure that these can be replaced. Not Nintendo. Again, third parties will just Do take the design and say, okay, you broke your robot kit. Here it is for $4.99 on eBay or whatever. That will pop up if this is popular enough. Like, yes. There will be no worries about replacements. I can almost guarantee you. that'll get The market will figure that out. In my opinion, if it's popular enough, someone will come in with, to fulfill that need for that. So that, to me, is not a concern. That's going to happen uh, at some point. Oh, the motorcycle reminds me of Hang On. So exactly. It has a pedal. Yeah. That's fantastic. This is why I like it, too, though. If you, I think it's charming as hell to have a cardboard controller. And, again, harken back to all the PS2 days. you got to buy the giant steering wheel and the shifter and all the heavy metal pedals. And then what do you do with that? Where do you store all that? It becomes garbage in the long run. Well, that's and plus, it's a lot more money right. versus cardboard. This is cheaper. My biggest concern, though, is actually where do you store cardboard? Oh, this. Have you seen my garage? It is stacks that's and boxes of stuff. not the example you want to use, Patrick. <laughs> okay. but, but cardboard's storable. It's stackable. You can break it down. How many times? How many? I don't know. Uh, boxes, you can use tape. On boxes, you know, get the, the tape gun. I thought you were a cardboard proponent. Now you're anti-cardboard. No, I mean I'm pro-cardboard. Is this turning into secret Hitler cardboard edition? So this turning into? I'm just saying that, that there, there is the issue of space. Space with cardboard. Jesus Christ! Cardboard. It still takes up space. It doesn't matter. Cardboard is thin. It's, you can stack so it. So you're going to rebuild these every time. Not every time, but say after a couple months, your kid wants to put it away. You're the fashion. You put away Legos. I would. You don't keep Legos in giant castles. You bring it down. You put it into a a a, a, a box. How, how many people build a Lego set and then immediately break it down? I didn't say immediately. I didn't say immediately. That's not a lot. I said of like two months. And if you get tired of it, and your your adventure of link cartridge finally arrives from Sears in April, and you've been crying every day watching the UPS truck drive by past your house, I got I got graphic. In right, but the whole point is that this is better, better Ian. Yes, than, than having eighty dollars steering wheel. Than eighty dollars steering wheel. That I have to give away for free at Luna because I'm never going to bother trying to try. To I'm thinking about this. Ian's job twenty years from now and how much easier it'll be thanks to Nintendo Labo. That's what I I. Uh, that's where he disagrees. He's leaving. He's like, no, you guys are off on this. That guy's like, nope, this isn't for me, Labo. Speaking of that, the collect the collector response to Nintendo Labo and overall general this isn't for me attitude has been kind of disheartening and disappointing more so than surprising. Like, if you're a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, you're a single guy, you're a collector, you're not into this, you don't have kids, yeah, you can say, yeah. I'm not interested in this. That doesn't mean that swaths of other groups of people won't be interested in this. And that it shouldn't exist just because you don't like it and think it should exist. Doesn't mean it shouldn't exist for other people. And that's sort of the weirdest reaction I've seen to this. Like, oh, this is too much money. Kids are going to be able to afford 80 bucks. I don't remember buying my own Lego sets when I was 10. I didn't do that. My parents did that. My parents were buying me all the goodies I got on Christmas my birthday party. So the price is not an issue. You didn't do your own Christmas shopping? For my, yeah, little Pat with a <laughs> Toys R Us, buy my own Lego. Lego sets, who here had Lego sets in like the late 80s, early 90s? Do you remember that, that they were more expensive than NES games? A lot of them were, the big sets. 
my, so, my goodness, my brother had like the first big castle, my younger brother. Yeah. And I mean, that was like the only Christmas gift he got. Yes. That shit was like a hundred bucks. Yes. And that's late 80s money. So this is not that expensive, especially again when you look into educational, you know, uh, craft things that are out there, project. So you go into, I haven't been to one of these STEM workshop places where you can buy your own things. I imagine they're not all cheap. There's anyway. Projects, tests, rubrics, that sort of thing. Yeah. The Radio Shack old old kits. Remember the Radio Shack ones? Those were, some were cheap, but some were expensive back then. There was a gradation. You're coming dangerously close to me um, lamenting the death of Radio Shack. So let's... I wanted to buy the employees shirt off their back. Shit. Okay. So we're going to be very sad now about the death of Radio Shack. There's some still around. Anyway, Ian, yeah? to those collectors out there who don't, or, or, or just gamers that don't like this, what would you say to them? I guess I don't really want to get my blood pressure up. <laughs> you don't get your blood pressure up? <laughs> Personally or over them? I mean, it's... It's really nothing different than what you said. So, so don't buy it. Don't buy it. And it. Let kids have fun, you old curmudgeon. That's what I would say. But I, I mean, honestly, what I hope here is if those people really don't want it, I hope they really don't buy it and don't just say that and then go out and buy one and keep it sealed and try to hold on to it like a collector's item. I hope this actually gets in the hands of people who want to use it. Yeah, and it's it's already it's not marketed towards adults. These are all children and. Pre-teens that are using this stuff. No, no, no. I mean, it's kind of marketed towards me. It's towards you. Well, you get the robot. We fight it out, robot style. I have no interest in the robot one. No, I, that's my interest. I'm thinking Iron Man add-ons and stuff like that. No. So, so for the first time ever, you're you're more childish than me. First time ever? Well, maybe. No, but have you heard about my love for Friendly's ice cream? This is the first time you're hearing about it. No, All right. never mind. All right. Just by applause here, who, if they're not going to get it for themselves, will either get this for like a niece or daughter or son or a cousin or something. By applause. Check, dog. All right, that's like 30% of the audience, maybe 35, and the rest of the audience has no soul. They, they don't, <laughs> because they don't enjoy the magic of childhood creation. Kids can learn how to, like how stuff works. Come on, guys. But that is one other thing I wanted to point out that I think people miss is every step of the way when you're building these on the um, switch screen, they explain to you how it's working. They show you how it's working. You have to test it at every step of the stage. Oh, yeah, sure. You test it every stage. That's really cool. So they actually, at least for the kids who are using it, they, they are literally teaching you how the technology works as you are making it. So sure. I do think that's very interesting educational. And Sony and Microsoft would have never done this or thought of it. What did someone say? This is the most Nintendo thing ever. And it, and it, yeah, or, it is. Or if they did, uh, we were joking. Outside the box thinking? If, if, Hey, good times elbow. Yeah. Um, we were joking last night in the car. If Microsoft did it, there would have been a lot of dubstep music. Uh, the first kit would have been make your own. How many young children in this room? Okay, that's on 18 over. Make your own fuckable bazooka. <laughs> that would have been the Microsoft That would have been the first Microsoft kit. <clears throat> and the Sony version just would have been this, but just cheesier and... and would have been dry. It was real dry, dry boring, like, <laughs> like a packet of salty crackers. And I, and I, I, I love Sony systems, so it's not a fan. They just would have missed the mark entirely. They would have went for like 
what would college kids want to put together? What would they make in their dorm room? It just totally just missed the point of it entirely. So we would have gotten a Bob Marley tapestry? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Your own sofa seat? Do it yourself, kid? I don't know. All right. So this is, I think this is great. I don't know how many, by the way, I don't know what that robot suit, how many Joy-Cons are being used there? Like seven? There's, a, there's like one on his feet, on his back, and then it's on his face. It looks like it's, that, that's going to be nutty. All right. So that's all we have on this topic. This is going to be a huge sell right there. I predict it'll be a huge sell. Yeah. Ian kind of agrees. Right? All right, I do. Alright, so we'll, that, we'll see how much steam it carries later on. If they get more creative, how many more packs they release. Yeah, I mean, I, again, the, the sky could be the limit. What's going to prevent other third parties from doing their own, using this, figuring out, oh, these Joy Cons, now we have spatial placement we can do things with. Oh, we didn't think of that until Nintendo showed us. And that could be a, that could be a thing. I think you're just a touch more enthusiastic there. Oh, that's rare then. You should give me credit, Ian. My enthusiasm, I'm old. I'm, you know, I'm a curmudgeon myself. Alright. That was very insightful, Ian. I loved your point at. 243 into the conversation. Yeah, here's the... About the corrugate, corrugated uh, cardboard history. Uh, yeah. You had great points as well. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. That that Labo thing. Yes. At SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, Ian, while we were there, we talked about another topic. We talked about the Sony Totaku amiibo-like figures. I'm very excited for the Fizar one. You can hear how excited I am for it right now. 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 Speaking of Sony and potential knockoffs, we have the uh, we have this game. Let's see. Uh, is this the right video? The Totaku collection. We have there it is everyone. And that's the reaction we're getting. Little Big Planet figurine maybe not it's a I want that. I am buying the wipeout old school crab. Crash Bandicoot. It's the Sonibo collection. I'll, I'll dub it. There, I was the first one to say it. Tekken 7. You got, you got, he's still kicking. I don't know how he's still fighting. He's like 90 years old. You got Bloodborne. Okay, so this is the first one. Six announced. And we have Tarappa the Rapper. The only one people will probably buy besides Ian buying the wipeout. Yeah, uh, probably. Uh, all, I mean, as many of them as I can get my hand up. <laughs> He's just going to fly all of them. I'm going to fill a bathtub with them and roll around. And, uh, <laughs> It'll be the Rosalina scandal all over again from a couple years ago when the yeah, guy bought a hundred of them. I mean, no one else is going to buy them. All right, so PlayStation-themed Amiibo-type figurines, collectible figurines. But they're not. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> they're not. I, realize, I mean, we realize how this looks, um, but there's... So first of all... Sony's uh, only licensing their characters. They're yeah. not actually distributing them. Okay. Sony's licensing the stuff. They're not making it. Um, Think Geek is making them. They're going to be GameStop exclusives. Um, they look like Amiibo because they're roughly the same size, but they actually have no NFC capabilities at all. There's no tie-in to the games. They're just little collectible figurines. So they are trying to cash in, I think, on the collectability of it, but they're not... It's not a direct copycat um, because it's missing any sort of interactivity besides right. you, you know, battling it out on your on your, on your old train board your dad made and yeah. put away. So it took up all the room of the computer room upstairs when it was hot in the summer, about 89 degrees and all this with humidity. What? 
I'm sorry, I went to somewhere else for a second. Anyway, somewhere else. <laughs> okay, so you don't want to rip into this too, too much, or is it not even worth the effort? It's harmless, man. It's harmless. What? Okay. Is there a market? Is there honestly a market for these? Do you think these will sell? Mm, mm, no. <laughs> I mean, okay. Do I? I think Sackboy could sell. I think Parappa will definitely sell, and Crash will sell. As a whole, though, the idea, because they're all from different franchises, you know, they're not in a unified cinematic video game universe like they are with Nintendo, more so. I mean, I think there's fans of, of, of all the, enough, enough fans of all these properties that honestly they probably could sell. I, the Bloodborne character is definitely going to sell. The Hunter will sell. Crash Bandicoot? Everyone loves Crash. Yeah, Crash no, not everyone likes Crash Bandicoot. I still am annoyed he was harassing people in Nintendo's parking lot back in, like, 95. Uh, I'm not forgetting that. That was, that was some Logan Paul bullshit he was doing back then. Piece of shit. Fuck you, Crash Bandicoot. Is there any kids here? I'm sorry. Um, Crash Bandicoot was the Logan Paul of the PlayStation era. There, I said it. There. He was a little bit more charming. Uh, a lot more charming. He had more talent. Lo- Logan Paul has all the charm of a wedge... Turd. <laughs> you were censoring yourself and I'm still turd. I think that's like the first time I've ever censored. So I, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked to see the wipeout. Oh. It just makes me so good. <laughs> but it's almost like we have to harken back to the early PlayStation days. What do we have? What can we choose from? They didn't go all the way back. Wipeout is still being made and it's just now getting a VR patch. Alright, then fuck me then. Okay. <laughs> no. No, I, I will not. <laughs> I would I would have preferred if they started with like take one game take all like do like multiple Parappa characters instead do like five or six of those and then continue from there. Maybe they'll see what sells. Maybe see what sells. will sell really well, and I'll get all the teams. Maybe that will never happen, but we'll see. We'll come back a year from now to see what happens with that. You love to crush my dreams. You were crushing my. My Labo dreams before. I can crush your knockoff Sunibo. I, I just tempered your out of control enthusiasm. I don't think it was out of control, my expectations. I think they were very. It was out of control. No, no, sir. We don't need any. And this is why there's no live audience week to week. Because we don't need people taking sides here with this stuff. We don't need that. We don't need any input from the peanut gallery, as my dad would say. Is that from Peanuts, the peanut gallery? No, it's not. People ask me that all the time. All the time. No. I like literally, like, oh, it's a Peanuts reference. I'm like, no, no, it's not. But I know there's a Peanuts reference in this video. I'm like, where? I'm like, oh, Peanut Gallery. I'm like, nope, that's not a Peanuts reference. Anyway, so what would be, you're, you're, you're a Sony fanboy. What would be the next six to follow this? Sony oh, fanboy. Would obviously, you, know, um, you want to do some sort of God, God of War thing? God of War fellow, um, Uncharted fellow. Uncharted. Nathan, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Uh, boop, boop. <laughs> uh, We're running out of exclusives. Last of Us fellows. Uh, destruction, uh, destruction Derby car. Uh, what else is out there? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Spyro. Wait, yeah, no, that could be neat. Are these exclusives? All these? Yeah, Spyro is not. Is, <laughs> is? no, no. Kind of. yeah. There's other G. Oh yeah, we're actually in That's Well, then, yeah, I mean, tech is not exclusive. So I guess it doesn't fuck. It. Then it's not really Sony then. At that point, it, right? it's, I mean, that's a character that people associate with Sony, though. I don't. What? Why? Because I always have. Uh, nah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, okay, you're right. It, yeah, that was the first console it was on, so I guess. Yeah. So. 
Alright, well, I think I'm done talking about this. <laughs> Alright, it's nothing to get worried about, obviously. Nothing to get worried about. No. Why would... In what situation would these be something that worried about? I don't know, Ian. You need to stop at a Rosalina scandal about buying up all the Parappa figures. I want to... No. I want to make sure that never happens. I don't want you to be a scumbag no, 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 some of the no, week. figures. Do you think it being a GameStop exclusive will hurt it, 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 the draw? Yeah, it is a GameStop exclusive. But that'll hurt the draw versus it builds every Toys R Us and electronic boutique that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> a bad magician. A bad magician. <laughs> software. Yeah, we're old. Alright, this, this, is, this is fine. The Parappa one's kind of cute because it's more like 2D-ish, I guess. There's some charm there. So that's it. We're running out of steam. Ian was very excited for the Pfizer. 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 Wipeout. Wipeout little Ship. racing yep. craft thing. I was excited to uh, go grab a burrito upstairs after the panel was over in the green room. Yeah. No, it was Italian on Sundays. I got some nice chicken cutlet. Yeah, that's right. I am starving right now. But thanks so much if you came out and, you know, yeah. All right, moving on, Ian. Stamps, yep. Stamps.com. These days, you can get just about anything online and on demand. Did you know that you, you can even get postage on demand with Stamps.com? Well, you can with Stamps.com. You can print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package right from your home or office. All 24 hours a day, seven days a week when it's convenient to you. For you! Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale so you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. I've used Stamps.com for years to mail out uh, CU Podcast shirts, Frank shirts, DVDs. It's extremely convenient. Right for from your a, for, home. For a home Great. business, I imagine you can't beat it. It's fantastic. Plus, you get plus you get a nice rate that's uh, you know cheaper from if you went out about posters elsewhere. Uh, it's easy to use. You click, you print, you mail, and you're done. Stamps.com is such an operator. I print out the labels. I slap it on. You're, you're finished. Stamps.com will save you so much time. You can you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. It's never been easier to send out your letters and packages. Here at the CU Podcast, we are really busy. We rely on Stamps.com to print out shipping labels so we can send out send out all our goodies. In, in the mail, it couldn't be easier. Spike's so, getting better at it. Spike's getting better. He's using it for you. You're telling yeah. him how to send out the buttons and great boxes. <laughs> All right, so uh, you can get a free trial with stamps.com. Here's an offer. You get a four-week trial with postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitments. You can cancel at any time. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CU Podcast. Microphone at the top of the page, and... Tell them that the CU Podcast sent you with code CU Podcast at stamps.com. Ian. Sir. This has been a weird topic that I first heard about in the summer of 2017, where it was, it was almost comical in a sense about, all right, we got this uh, Activision Atari game from like fucking 35 years ago. Dragster. Where you have a, you have a, a, a record. That, it's a short game. If you ever played the game, it's a drag race and it's short. It should be over in less than 10 seconds, the game. Yep. I mean, that's all it is. So it's a, it's technically a pretty sound game for what it is. And it's fun. I've you played know, it. Yeah. You got to watch your clutch. You, you shift into different gears, and you and you, you can race a second player. So there was there was a, another word, kerfuffle, again, about, I, I think it was a, the the record. It's a, the Guinness World Records longest running video game uh, record. Right. Exactly. Which was for Dragster, set by Todd Rogers. At 5.51 seconds. So last summer, you had um, little murmurings about people trying to dispute this, saying, well, we don't know if it's technically possible to garner a score that 
low or a time that low. And this has been even certified in Guinness Book of World Records as this is, and even certified by activists that this is a world record for this. Right. I mean, a lot of these older games, um, and probably a lot of newer games too, depending on which ones you're playing, there is an absolute score you can get. There's only so far you can get. Well, for a time game like this, yes, it, that would make perfect sense. Exactly. This isn't a, this isn't necessarily a high score where you can keep going forever, like Pac-Man, until you lose lives. This is well, there is a perfect score for Pac-Man too. Sure, but you see what I'm saying. Though. Yes, but for for a time game, there's only a, 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 as low as you can possibly go. So I, I when you hear about these these old when you hear about these old scores and old records, you have to think about back in the day. How did they verify them? Usually Polaroids. Like, if you read the back of Atari manuals, especially Activision, it specifically states Polaroid. But you have to think about who was, who was involved with verifying them and keeping the records. So this was input into, uh, you know, Twin Galaxies for so long, which was the, the keeper of the flame, so to speak, of the original, you know, I guess professional uh, gaming scores, you know, the, the, whole, the whole famous King of Con thing with Billy Mitchell and all that. This is what what they're known for, Twin Galaxies. It's a name synonymous with video game records, especially in the classic gaming age. So what's interesting, though, is that when this originally came up in July, when I first heard about it, I just thought it was kind of curious. There wasn't much movement. But it seemed the game gained steam over months and months and months. People on Twin Galaxies were then publicly disputing it, because you can do that on Twin Galaxies. It used to be only... I think um, officially referees would decide. Now it's a peer review system of scores, and that happened with the, with I think with the buyout in 2014. I think they changed it then, or gradually changed it. I'm not totally familiar, but they did change how it worked. So this this record by Todd Rogers came under under dispute because there was uh, a speedrunner named uh, what, Omni Gamer that yes. went and w- basically with with um, with the tool assist. Try to go frame by frame to see what is actually the, the lowest possible time for Dragster. And right. guess what? It wasn't 5.51. It was 5.57 was the lowest he could get. Right. So at that point, it became, okay, something might at least be going on here. And let's investigate further. But it seemed at the time, Twin Galaxies didn't care originally the summer of last year. Or they ignored it, which I thought was curious. They didn't really respond right away. So then I think more and more people started looking into this, like, oh, what's going on? What's going on with this? Right. This is curious. I, I, what, I, what I also thought was interesting was, um, you know, when when the uh, speedrunner started using a tool-assisted speedrun to try to, you know, break um, 5.57, uh, I believe it was Todd Rogers who responded with, uh, well, there's, you know, multiple ways you can play the game in a tool-assisted speed, you know, with tools, it's not going to, you know, account for all the ways you can play it, but no, it is. I mean, a, a tool-assisted speedrun is designed to find the quickest way from A to B. Sure. So, you know... It's that- impossible for a human to do better than a tool-assisted run. Right. Because they're looking at every scenario, every frame of the way and calculating out the different possibilities at that point in time. Right. It's designed to take into account all the potential ways you could do this. Sure. And for a game like Dragster, there's a much more finite number of choices because when you shift, 
to a different gear and things of that nature. So it, you can play out all the different scenarios a lot easier. Correct. And I think OmniGainer did a whole database about, well, if you shift at this point in time, this is where you'll get this point in time. So this is actually, there's actually if, a finite number of choices in a game like this to get to that lower score. It's actually not infinite. There's, I mean, it can become looking like infinite when you stretch it out, but you're still limited. You're limited to what you can possibly do with this. So this whole story has taken some some twists and turns about. about. Um, there was an, uh, an article put out in Twin Galaxies that was very strange. I think it was like January 23rd that, that pointed out the controversy but then kind of defended Todd Rogers and they even quoted David Crane who s- said in his opinion he thinks uh, Todd Rogers uh, actually got the 5.51. So my issue with that, though, is this, is that if Twin Galaxies is the keeper of these scores, they shouldn't be weighing in on them. Right. We're trying to persuade or move the public opinion, especially by going and getting David Crane, who, for all intents and purposes, you know, he's like, yeah, why, do, why should I disbelieve this guy? Maybe he, he probably did it back then. It's not a big deal. So it's kind of using his star power, so to speak, to their own advantage, which I think is kind of slimy. Yeah, the more I think about it, but the the other thing is, you know, I I met David Crane briefly, a nice guy, but very nice guy. Uh, my position is very simple: the high score published, the high scores published by Activision in the 1980s were authenticated using the established methods at the time by the governing authority at the time. I have no no doubts then or now that Todd Rogers achieved the scores attributed to him, provided the necessary corroborating evidence to support those scores and earn the right to be named world champion by the accepted validating authority. Sorry that I can pro- can't provide anything more concrete than my opinion. At the time, the validating methods at the time were extremely primitive. And the original Polaroid no, no longer exists. And everyone said that it was smudged right where the evidence necessary the score the yeah, time yeah would really be necessary everyone says that it was you know potential uh you know um you know smudged over the last digit and a four smudged properly is going to look like a one i mean look at a numeral one and look at a numeral four you smudge that right it's gonna look but activision claimed back then they could do a 5.54 but no one well, now could even well do it Activision claims he could do a 5.54. Rogers is stating the record is 5.51. Yes. Even if you could do a 5.54 in the game, the game counts in point threes or point zero, uh, point zero threes. Three hundredths of a second. That's still, that's one tick better technically than what anyone else has achieved, even though other people have, there, there was two other people who claimed it, but never really provided evidence. Um, that's still that's one tick better than what everyone else claims is the maximum, but still one tick away from what Todd Rogers is claiming is his best score. Sure. So I mean that still doesn't that still doesn't prove anything. Yeah. Again, these are all records from the early '80s, and you had when you have this new entity rising up in order to capture. At the time, there was no such thing as professional gaming, really. I mean, it was just starting to come about. So you had this new entity saying, we're going to be the ones that are going to keep all these scores and do it. 
you don't know how that's going to shape out. Who's going to join that organization in the 80s? If it's going to be clean, what accountability is there back then? And those are questions that are coming out now. And for something like this, where, okay, you can't, you can't prove there's no evidence of a 5.51 score. Now, what does that call into question? Does it just call into question his other scores, which we'll get into? Or does it call, call into question a league of other scores from back then, too? I mean, it very well could. Um, and I think that's maybe why they were afraid to move on this originally. Yes. Because now the the entirety of in, the integrity of Twin Galaxies, I believe, is called into question. Oh, so do I. And I think a lot of it is it was... I mean, let's look at it this way. You know, a lot of these records that they're they're talking about, uh, especially the ones like that Todd Rogers held, and, you know, we'll get into this. Uh, his record was debunked, expunged, and all of his uh, other records were cleared out, and we'll get into why shortly. Um, but I don't think anyone realized that this was going to be taken this seriously in the future. I think that this was... Kind of an old boys club. Absolutely. In I'll, the back. Yeah. Definitely an old boys it's club. It's a click. It was a click. Um, I think they all looked out for each other's backs. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that in the late 70s, early 80s, um, especially if you look at t- into the arcade scene, it wasn't exactly... It was seedy. I mean, we talk about that on the video game years. You know, arcades became more family friendly in the mid to you know late 80s but in the late 70s and the early 80s they weren't it was a place where you know teenagers and you know young adults got together and i like i said it was this was a this was a this was a boys club and um todd rogers was part of twin galaxies that's what that's the strange part about it. You have a situation where Todd Rogers, who was publicly like the rock one of the earliest sort of rock stars of the of the arcade gaming scene. He's in magazines, he's he's publicly recognized. He's being invited out to party with yeah. the members of Activision. Sure. So you have maybe around him you have this see, I wasn't around then, meaning a little younger. But maybe you have others glomming on and maybe others say, Oh, I wanna be like that too. We right. can all get world records, and you know, our, arcade gaming was coming the hottest thing ever in the early '80s. So maybe that that there was this, um, this maelstrom of not I don't want to say dishonesty, but getting caught up in this, and then hey, if we fudge a score, who cares? Who's really going to know? Who's going to check it? There's no one to check it. We're the we're the people. We hold it. No one else does. There's no accountability. There's no there's no higher. We're the we're the highest twin galaxy. There's no one above us. Right. We're the powers that be. Yeah. So we can control our own destiny. But I, I think, though, is that once that happens, it takes a long time for that power to be taken away from the original guard. Yes. You know, the old guard 35 years ago. And when you have, uh, was it Jace Hall bought in 2014, maybe he didn't know or the people that helped now didn't know the lengths of the, of the, the bad or incorrect records from 35 years ago. Because who the fuck would fake some of these or want to defraud about dragster I, I mean, on the 2600. I, I feel like with the modern verification record uh, methods and stuff, I have a feeling twin galaxies. Now I feel like the records are probably something you, uh, for modern games, modern records set. They're probably fine, but yes, any because there's rec- all evidence of them. Right. Now. But any record that was set without verifiable evidence that we can still look back on um, 
in a lot of those early records, you know, that may not have been beat, I, I, I feel, you know, you, you have to take them with a grain of salt. You have to look at them with in question now. Absolutely. Because this isn't, to me, to me, this is at least in the realm of, like, not possibility in terms of, well, we know it's impossible. But at the time, they thought, well, 5.51 was possible. It's only it's only uh, three hundredths of a second less than what Activision did. So, oh, this, this, this is a miracle guy. You know what I mean? Or this seems like a reasonable fudge that yes. we can get away with. But when, but when you start to look at some of these other, other stories scores. from Todd Rogers, yeah. you're like, really? No one questioned this at all, really. Everyone just took this guy as a not just a gaming god, a literal god for performing uh, you know, above and beyond what everyone else did. What's the Intellivision Donkey Kong score? Or was Atari? It, was it was like a million? Where is it? It's it's like double. I think the centipede one is like double what the other player, uh, the other record was. When you look at some of these scores from Todd Rogers that they're getting rid of, and I wish I had them all in front of me right now, but they are insane. Some were double the second place score. So, some were ten times. Some like the, uh, no one could come close. Some ended in uh, numerals, like some would end in like 60 or 70 when the game only ever scored in 50 or 0. So it would be impossible for that score to ever be scored. And even then, I mean, people dragged their feet on... Barnstorming. Expunging uh, this. Barnstorming, his, it was removed even before all this. It was discovered it was impossible to achieve even when all the obstacles were removed. So in, in barnstorming, you're playing ultra speed when you go up and down, right? Yeah. So I guess they, they, they must have went in an emulator and just removed all the, all the barns and obstacles and said, okay, we'll just run it straight and see what happens. And the score was still impossible. So they removed that. At that point, wouldn't it tell you that something's fucking fishy with this, this guy's scores? Yeah. And then go back and look at all of them? Why would you then protect the other scores? I know there was that, that famous case, um, famous, but... There was that uh, one of the GoldenEye speedruns. They discovered the guy was cheating uh, on one of them because I remember at the beginning of the cutscene, like there was a weapon or something in his hand that shouldn't have been there. So they said, okay, this was a cheat. Gotcha. So even if some that. of the other ones were, even if some of the other records were legit, they said, fuck them, they're all wiped, and that's it. And that takes care of it. Right. They should have done that immediately before it even got to this point. And then said, okay. Yeah, I mean, one cheat should, uh, I mean, it honestly, should. and that should amount to immediate disqualification if you want. Zero tolerance. If, if you want to try to preserve the integrity integrity of, you, I mean, anything that you stand for, in this case, the high scores, you need to eliminate that stuff in the bud and then uh, uh, immediately kind of look into everything else. Here's Go one. through your other records. Do you have the actual proof for this? No. Eliminate it. Uh, let's see. According to this uh, article, his NES Donkey Kong score was uh, was eliminated because they, there was no evidence they could find for it. Um, he had high scores in skiing, stampede, uh, Grand Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. He had a 65 million point score in centipede. Yeah. No. 65 million. What are you playing for three weeks straight? Yeah. Like, like how are you getting that <laughs> high up? Is that mean... When you when you looked at them, because they're now all gone from yeah. from Twin Galaxies, but there was one I wish I knew which one, I remember when I was looking. There was one that I, I think it was one of the Donkey Kong ones. Maybe it was the Intellivision one or whatever. It was the second place was by a factor of a, not even two or three. It was like a factor of like a hundred times less. Like it wasn't even. It didn't oh, seem really? feasible. I thought it was just double, but still. There, there was one that didn't look feasible at the time. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but th they didn't just they didn't pass the smell test. 
Well, you looked at him. Well, and if if I'm not mistaken, it was because he was allowed to input some of these records and no one just ever double-checked it. Well, that sounds or good. Knew, or he knew someone who was inputting records. Oh, like a convicted pedophile. Oh, right. Forgot to mention that. Whoops. Yeah, forgot all about that one. Yeah. Not even alleged convicted. Actually, we did, I didn't forget about that. We were just waiting to drop that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, very strange situation. I think the public pressure got Twin Galaxies to finally say, okay, let's do this. They even asked Ben Heck to get involved. They had Todd Rogers and Ben Heck do it. Uh, ben Heck basically uh, duplicated what, what OmniGamer did yeah. with his own uh, hardware setup and had Todd Rogers awkwardly on film. Did you see these? To, to, no. You didn't see that? No. I, I, mean, I mean, that's that's cringeworthy. I don't know. If so I all could. this happened, with, and this is all happened in the past, like, five weeks. So they have. I to, mean, I kept up on the news. I did not watch the Ben Heck video. I really should. Yeah, I think but. I think Jace Hall got in touch with Ben Heck and said, "This is, you know, this is. Wouldn't you be interested in doing this?" And at first, I think Ben didn't care until he's like, "Oh, I can build a hardware setup to try to do this and still input it on the computer." But of course, as as, as soon as Ben can build something, he's going to want to do it. <laughs> but but um, this all there was a, there was a, a a video put up by Apollo Legends that, uh, only on January twenty third. It already has one point five million views and calls him the biggest cheater in gaming history. Um. And, and subtitle seventeen hundred plus scores with no evidence. So <laughs> if it's only seventeen hundred, that's uh, that's insane. Uh, all I know is that when I saw that when I saw the uh, the barnstorming one, um, and then the the, the Donkey Kong one, the centipede one, was and the really, centipede one, yeah. which is like, oh yeah, here's the, and then on the video you can see the picture of the the fake uh, stain on the on the on the picture of barnstorming, where like it's oh like, it's bar okay it was yeah. barnstorming that had the stain, not dragster. Yeah, My yeah. bad. So okay. But what's what's disheartening though is I really hope. But my feeling is that Twin Galaxies sort of played in on this drama to get exposure. Because seriously, because before this, have you thought about Twin Galaxies at, at all? For, I, I mean, years? I actually have more than you might think. But I mean, most people, most people probably not know. So I think they try to capitalize on it. Sure. And I I think this hurts them though, because they should have just squashed it right away. I said okay. We're suspending them at least until we investigate all of them, instead of letting. Yeah, it get this to is point. Yeah, this is one of those cases where not all publicity is good publicity at all. Oh, here it is. It was fifteen million on the Intellivision version of Donkey Kong. Okay, that's... and the second place wasn't even like a million. I think it was like five hundred something. So, or, or I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, it was it was really low. Oh yeah, here yeah yeah the second place was under a million. So okay. a factor of fifteen times to get to that point. Holy shit. So at that point, isn't it like, okay, are you the only one playing this game? Or is something going on? So this, to me, is extremely damaging for Twin Galaxies because... yeah, Oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah, 15 million, uh, second place, 389,000. 389,000. Okay, so I wasn't even right with 500,000. 300... Uh, Centipede, 65 million, second place, 58,000. So I said a factor of 100. I was off. It's way more than 100. <laughs> It's fucking way more than a factor of 100. Oh, man. And a perfect 65 million. So the date verified was 2001 for that. So, but there's, this is, this is fucking bizarre. Those, this whole thing is bizarre. This is for, and I hate to say it, and not to get too personal with some of these personalities involved. I, you want to hold on to former glory of shit you did when you were a teenager in the early 80s. I, okay. 
that's fine. But to go to the lengths to try to perpetuate lies yeah. and deception and fraud, you're fucking sad at that point. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Do something better with your fucking life. You are a sad soul at that point. I'm Make, so, join I'm a sorry. band. Make I'm, a band. I'm sorry you're in your 50s and the highlight of your life was a fucking video game score in 1981. Do something else. Try, try, to, try to do something else. Right. And, and not defraud the public over something that really is stupid, but but at the end when you're found out, makes you look like a piece of trash. Yeah. And I think more scores from maybe other big people in the industry, like maybe Billy Mitchell, will eventually be looked at because of this. People are going to go back and scrutinize a bunch of this shit now. Right. And I mean, what I mean, in the in in sadly, a bunch of legitimate scores from people who really did get them and put lots of time and effort into it will probably come under question and hopefully they won't be reversed. But, you know, I right. This this could open up can of worms. It's a can of worms. Yeah. And, you know, there are probably a lot of it. Like I said, you know, a lot of these old 80s scores probably need to be looked into again. And it's a shame because there are probably lots of valid ones. But because they let this go for so long, unfortunately, it's all in question. And now you have to do this now because now if the person now, these guys are like in their 50s now or even 60s. If they don't have the ability to to go back and do it, they at least have to find someone else that can to verify that this was even possible. possible. Yeah. At least go that far. Right, the, like the, if you got sixty five million, can someone get close to that nowadays? That's an expert, right? Like, a, I mean, they need to, or they need to find someone like a like a um, a tool assisted speedrunner to get to, that to, close to, to prove that it can be done. And if not, it's thrown out because obviously a lot of these people in their fifties now don't have the same reflexes. Sure. But it, it's there needs to be some way to show that it can at least be done 65 million in television.com first of all why would you put yourself through that but second of all it's just such a bad version it's fucking ridiculous so i'm glad that this boys club click from over 30 years is finally getting looked at yeah me too with nefarious fucking characters yeah some convicted pedophiles by the way which that's not even alleged they're convicted pedophiles but that's a whole other weird fucking disgusting one but yeah that just shows you the type of character, yeah. maybe, that we're involved with these. I clips. mean, that's awful. I just want to make sure we're not the one that we know about that's convicted. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. But I thought there was a second one that I read about, but oh, well, if if that's the case, that's allegedly yeah. to save us. But anyway, all right. Well, this is this is some weird drama with Todd Rogers. You only got to take a piss right now. Uh, I mean, yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> give me a minute here. Speaking of old video games, no one gives a shit about. <clears throat> there might be a Pong game show in the works. Okay. Um, <laughs> Atari has partnered with veteran unscripted producer Scott Sternberg to develop a game show based on the classic video game Pong. The show Million Dollar Pong will be produced by Scott Sternberg Productions with Jeff Merkin serving as producer for Atari. <clears throat> Sternberg quoted... Pong is a cultural touchpoint for generations of people. It's not often we get the chance to develop a game show concept around such an iconic brand. There's that B word. Brand. I can't wait to give people the chance to see, experience, and play a brand new Pong. Probably never thought about Arkanoid at all or any other of the Pong clones. Brand. The best 45 years. Sternberg's game show credits include Catch-21, Rock and Roll Jeopardy, The Gong Show, Love Connection, Hollywood Squares, and Kids Wheel of Fortune. All right. Brand. 
We're talking about a game that's 46 years old now, right? Yes. And honestly, I mean, from where I sit behind a uh, video game store counter, um, most people who played it don't even remember it particularly fondly. Uh, I mean, it was important, sure, but it, I mean, I don't think a lot of people fondly remember Pong. I think only if you grew up with it. Because hear me out, the guy working at my house actually said, I remember playing Pong, he remember playing the cocktail version, and he actually said to me, I wouldn't mind getting that old one I remember playing when I was a kid. But you know what, he's 60 years old now. So, like, that's the age range and up that remember finally playing Pong in the 70s. Well, I mean, but that's what I'm you saying. Know? So, yes, I'm sure that that exists. And, uh, but like I said, I have people that age range who come in with kids. And they don't care. And they don't, they don't give a shit. I mean, they remember it. They're like, oh, that was, a, well, that was neat. But, I mean, I, I, I don't see, I don't see Pong, I mean, appealing. Well, the thing is, is that. Pong as a brand ha- has been so uh, diffused with all the Pong clones of the 70s, you know. Yeah. Uh, all the Odyssey clones, uh, you know, Coleco made their ones, you know. Obviously, Atari made Pong and the, the Pong one-offs, and there's probably fucking 20 in my garage that I don't need. You know, P- APFs. So, and, the, yeah, yes, I APF mean... TV fun. So if you played Pong, odds are you did not play Pong. You played a Pong clone. Right. You played APF Squash or something like that. I mean, I don't know. APF Squash? Yeah. Yeah. I lie. But, so when you bring a game show on the air, you want to appeal to as much people as you probably can. That's why you have all these game shows that get like... Nowadays with a game show, they have stars that host them now. You get you get uh, Ellen hosts a, you know, a game show. You have to get... You, you get people... You want to get people in... Like, they're not primetime events. Right. It's like, oh, you have LeBron James producing one of these and some other people. Pong by itself isn't going to bring people to watch more than maybe one episode out of curiosity. Say, what the fuck are they going to do with Pong? Right. How do you make, like, for example, when they had the game show based on, like, Scrabble. You remember that? Yeah. Game show had nothing to do with Scrabble. You know, it, it, it was just doing, uh, filling in letters and guessing the name of, yeah. of, of, of what that word was, right? It was, it was some shitty permutation of they used the wheel name of fortune essentially kind, kind of. of yeah it was like a daytime you know sort of game show but they used the scrabble name but there's still words involved so you can have a game show based upon that with pong how are you going to have like the early rounds of pong you know before you get to the finale where you get a giant pong controller and, and you know and play you know like even that how do you involve Pong more than just what it is, which is know. electronic I mean, table tennis? I mean, double dare? I bounce back the question to the opposing team. Yeah, it has to be some sort of trivia involved. Yeah. Or a word search or a number puzzle. You know what I mean? Or or some sort of mash game. Like, like with Nick Arcade, nothing had to do with video games until really the end. Or the, the, the two video challenges they did for a minute out of the 22-minute episode. Well, you know what I, mean? Like, I mean, you had to land on a video challenge, too. I mean, sure, but I'm saying, given. The, but the other games and questions had nothing to do with video games. No. So with Pong, 99% of this will have nothing to do with Pong because you can't have permutations of Pong being a game show. Like, how do you fix – how do you do that? I'm, I'm not wondering now. Now, actually, I want to see this happen because I don't know how you would translate Pong into a game show. Maybe maybe I'm the audience. Maybe I, they want me. They want Pat to be on the game show. I don't know. Two person teams. Okay. Okay. 
you hook one person up to an elaborate set of bungees and pulleys. The other person pulls them, and the host just stands there whipping shit at them. And you just gotta, throws ba- baseballs at them. Yeah, and you got you got to bounce them out like a pan or something. Or, yeah, I mean, no, with your chest. Um, I don't know. This is gonna be fucking awful. No network yet attached to the show. That's no shit. The shock. Um, I like how the article of Variety has to like point out what Atari is known for. Early pioneer in the video game field, known for uh, Asteroid Centipede, Missile Command, and Roller Coaster Tycoon. We'll get to that. Yeah, I guess. Our brand, brands, and our portfolio of games oh, are known to many people around the world, so it is a natural fit to bring them to television. No! Said Frederick Chesney, CEO, or Chesney, CEO of Atari. We it are, was a more natural fit to take them to Denny's, where at least it was <laughs> hilarious. That's still the highlight of probably not just Atari the past 15 years, but of this podcast. Oh, that was, That's I probably. mean, that was just a joyous occasion. We were so happy with that. Hashtroids. Oh, Hashtroids. Anyways. <laughs> All right. This is just, I guess, along with the Atari watches and whatever else, trying to see what fits with the Atari brand. Nothing does anymore. All right, so this was brought to my attention by a uh, listener of uh, the podcast, and I retweeted it, and this thing uh, blew the F up. So this was uh, brought to my attention by... uh, And my attention. uh, Yes, and your attention, by Alexander Samis. Samis? And what it is is uh, they found a... It was a tweet. Yeah, it was a tweet. If true, what they found was an Earthbound uh, with a garbage-looking label, potentially a fake label, um, at a Goodwill. And when they opened it to uh, check inside, they found a note. And that note reads, I can't see it as well on this computer. If you bought, hello gamer, if you bought this copy of Earthbound, opened it, and are reading this, congratulations. You just bought a copy of Super Scope 6 for the SNES. It's a very fun game. In my opinion, much better than Earthbound. A lot cheaper. Also, have fun and keep on gaming. Dash Super Mario with the uh, gloved peace sign. From Mario. With, uh, from Mario. Now, we can't see the board to check it. Um, it's I mean, a label swap. Yeah, I, I didn't see this at the time because this is the this is the Model One Super Nintendo cart with the uh, with the yes. horizontal. They did away with that within a, c- a couple years. Yep, there you go. And Earthbound was a, one of the last was a later release in '95, and they had the the, the slanted uh, front. So this is I, I can't believe I didn't notice at the time. This is a label swap. Yeah, plus it uh, looks it looks purposely the the, the label looks, looks purposely, purposely worried. Bad. Yeah, worn. Yeah. Uh, so um, so they turned this into a game store. Uh, it looks, I mean, we don't know what game store it was turned into, but this person found it at a Goodwill. Okay. So, I mean, but all it says on the note is if you, you know, bought this and opened it and are reading this. So they, they don't know where it is. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's also kind of fucking sad that someone would be this big of a douchebag. Unless they got screwed on it. Maybe they bought it and figured I got screwed. I'll pass along a joke to someone else. I'm just happy that that um, no one really got hurt by this by spending $100 on this game. Yeah, I mean, if this person got, if this person who, who brought it to our attention got, um, you know, really, I mean, got this from a Goodwill and didn't pay much for it. They said then, they paid 3 bucks, Huh? It was like $3 they paid. Oh, I see. I, I lost track of it because it blew up. So, oh, here's the response. 
Oh, yeah, okay. So yeah, now it's even more. Um, I mean, now I definitely believe it. Yeah, customer brought it in. We didn't verify if the label was real or not. They left with it after we opened to check the board and discovered the note. Oh, they left with it. So like they, they, they left. Rejected. Okay. Okay. So yeah, sorry about that for questioning. I didn't. I didn't see the rest of that story. Three bucks. Well, what's interesting about this is that people are just ripe for this because when they tweeted this out. It wasn't a direct tweet. I didn't retweet it until I looked later. I was like, holy shit, there's a ton of retweets and likes. Then I retweeted it. And I was like, what the fuck? So other people just caught caught wind of this somehow and just started said, this is hysterical. And it is. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't think I ever re- even retweeted it. Re- re- then then it. I guess I don't feel so bad because uh, this person... Uh, Sir Mitten Squire um, did not get. I it didn't get ripped off. I was I was afraid they got ripped off. It was a lot of funny responses. Chris Cole responded. Um, you have the nice uh, people were saying, "Oh no, that's awful." Yeah, I mean, someone ruined a Super Scope label is what it comes down to. But someone went to a lot of effort to put that note in. Oh, yeah, unless, no. they did, unless they did a bunch of those and and, and got a bunch of super scopes. I, and print, <laughs> does that, does that note look handwritten or is that what look? No, that looks handwritten. It is handwritten. Yeah. I was, right, just, I was concerned that I'm just yeah I was just concerned someone got ripped off with that. In my opinion, much better than Earthbound. Well, you can't play unless you have the Super Scope and have a CRT TV. A lot cheaper. Well, that's the thing though. If you bought that thing, it was an Earthbound. though, you got screwed. But yeah, look at the the cart type. That's the giveaway there. Yeah, the, the and that, is... that label is garbage. Yeah, I thought it was a fake label. I, th- I said, okay, maybe this is a board swap, whatever. I was like, no, now I'm looking. At, yeah, I didn't know at the time. I was like, yeah, it's the the cartridge is the wrong the wrong cartridge it's a real cartridge it's just a super scope cartridge all right it's, it's a funny little thing it's a goofy little we never talk about tweets really but we thought it was fun yeah it's better than gamestop doing it i guess or gamestop getting caught with it yeah this wasn't even a q a this was just uh this became an interesting topic <clears throat> all right ian so uh there is a start engine campaign which is an investment website start engine it's like kickstarter Except instead of getting something in return on, on, on a site like Start Engine, there's a few of them, like angel investing sites, where you're actually putting in money to gain a piece of the investment uh, okay, for the right. final product. Sure. So this is Atari coming back, trying to get a port of probably the, the biggest Atari title of the past 20 years. Atari, Atari, Atari. All day today. Roller Coaster Tycoon, they want to get it onto the Switch. Man, okay? you'd think they'd want to get it on the Atari box. Oh, man. That would be good. All right. So this is a campaign. Again, it's a start engine campaign. Let's try to sell investors on doing it. So the investment is any amount into the campaign with a $250 minimum, and it'll earn your pro rata share of 50% of profits until you make 120% of the original investment, after which you'll earn your... This is, I don't know what the fuck that means, and, and I know should know a little bit about investing. All right, so you're investing for a piece of the pie of the profit share of this if it comes out. However, they're asking for they're asking for uh, a goal of a million dollars in order to get this port done. They're at forty thousand thirty nine thousand five hundred eighty eight with only eighty investors and eighty three days left. Suffice to say, they might not make the goal of doing that. Hey, yeah, I'm not sure they're going to. Um, so it's a description of what Atari Game Partners is. Atari Game Partners is a wholly owned subsidiary of Atari. Our mission is to develop and publish games from Atari's iconic and prolific library, containing 200 plus gaming franchises, like Atari Circus, for handheld platforms <laughs> and others. Given the breadth of the Atari portfolio, which is an inch deep, 
We decided to team up with investors to take full advantage of the depth, the diversity, and the opportunities that are presented with such a catalog. Atari Game Partners is eager to continue that success by bringing one of gaming's most beloved franchises to one of the biggest emerging platforms. Okay, it sounds like this Atari Game Partners was formed as a smaller company just to say, okay, we have all these games that exist. Let's try to put them back out in the public eye, re-release them, get them on other platforms. All right? Makes sense. So they're pushing... Roller Coaster Tycoon was well. It was 1999 was the first as well. Almost right. 20 years. So, I mean, right off the bat, I think this is insane. A million dollars to port a game to a Switch that was released in 99, and you can get on your smartphone, and they actually quote from BuzzFeed, we loved this game a ton back in the day and love it even more now that we can distract ourselves even further on our smartphones. I mean, why... Why would it be hard to port that version that you're saying to the Switch? Well, that... And also, why aren't you doing a later version of Roller Coaster Tycoon? Is it, is it clear this is the first version yes, you want to play it, 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 it directly states that right... Oh, that's kind of weird, then. It directly states that right up here. Um, the unmitigated success of the Roller Coaster Tycoon franchise made the opportunity clear for Atari Game Partners. That's in bold. So, okay. Deliver the first Roller Coaster Tycoon game for the Nintendo Switch. Does that mean first one on the Switch or the first one that came out in 99 on the Switch? I don't know, but I mean, if they're quoting the one, like I said, they just quoted the one that was on smartphones. Which they, which the smartphone quote from BuzzFeed mentions the one back in the day. All right, so it comes out ninety nine sequel. It was in two thousand two. Atari got control of the franchise in uh, two thousand four. Platinum Edition comes out in two thousand six. Nothing for eleven years until the smartphone game Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch in two thousand seventeen. Okay, so maybe that's the one they're porting. But if they're porting that one, I mean, what? How much would they have to do? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, let's put it this way. If excellent indie game studios and, you know, cool publishers like Limited Run can get games onto the Switch, there's no fucking way this is a million dollars. I'm, I'm sorry. There, there's no I, fucking way. I don't know. I, I don't know what it would take to port this over. I have no idea. There's a pre-alpha picture on here. I don't know if, if they're if according to this schedule. If they get the funding, this is going to come out this year. So this is coming out this year. This has to be somewhere in some early development by now. You would think. Okay. I mean, perhaps I'm wrong, but I mean, I mean, it's just weird that they would ask for investors on this if they're that certain about this. Here's a point, though, Ian. It's not from this game isn't from scratch by any means. No, the engine's done. Well, yeah. I mean, that I that's what I've been pointing out to some degree is that it it's it's this is not a scratch game. They want to do uh, multiple scenarios, sandbox mode, which, and they have a tycoon uh, career mode. All right. So, no, this says it's going to begin development. So this isn't. All right, I don't know. Okay, the the I, I, the best thing I can say th- is, at best, this is an incredibly obtuse and confusing pitch. You know what's not a, a confusing huh. about this pitch? The motivation. Because they figured, wow, the Switch is selling a fuckload through the season, and let's make that part of the pitch, which they did here about, oh, 14 million Switch consoles will be end, be sold by, by March 2018. They figured, oh, what's what's probably the only modern Atari title we can put on a Switch? Roller Coaster Tycoon. So let's get it on there, and let's get some backers, which isn't a bad idea. 
I don't know if a million dollars is what you need to get it done, though. Oh, and by the way, Roller Coaster Tycoon's a lot of fun, but it's Oh, yeah, absolutely. I played it way back. This is just insane. But, yeah, studying 3D graphics. All right. I mean, is the one on the phone like that? Let me look. I mean, you can ramble about what you like about Roller Coaster Tycoon and making people throw up off the rides. I mean, I'd rather talk about Theme Park from Bullfrog, actually, which was far better. The spiritual successor? I mean, it was the original. Basically, was that Oz before Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yeah, that was early. That was very early. Um, I liked that one because you could right-click on certain rides and go on a quick little uh, grainy uh, first-person three oh, really? ride. Uh, yeah, of certain of certain rides. Uh, right. That one was two D sprite-based graphics, and you could definitely make people throw up all over the place. And if you didn't, if you didn't put proper toilets in, little people okay. would appear. There's multiple Roller Coaster Tycoon games, it looks like. Uh-huh. You can, it looks like you can get the original for $6. But the one, it looks at like, the one Roller Coaster, what the fuck? Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch, roller coaster. graphically, looks really fucking similar to the pictures they're showing uh-huh. here. Right, so I bet you they just took. I mean, they, they probably I mean the just same. superimposed the pictures onto a switch. So I'm, I want to make sure these these features are the same. Users collect card packs by completing missions and progressing through the game. Oh, is that part of it? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that the port is just gonna be the app game, and that's that's the port. And then they're gonna just put some switch bells and whistles, and and they'll be done with it. Sweet. Million dollars. Million dollars. All right. My guess. Oh. Not saying for sure, but that's my guess. Atari. Atari. Pong game shows. Pong game shows. Weird consoles that may never come out. And uh, And a million dollar port of Roller Coaster Tycoon for the Switch. Ian, you like Blue Apron, don't you? I do. What what did you just have recently in the past? I uh, I had the Korean pork... A ginger dish, which was restaurant quality to didn't, me. Didn't you good. have like a the Russian goulash dish? I did. Well? That sounds very. I good. had the goulash. Didn't know if I'd like it or not, but you know what? It was uh, delicious. Nice. Uh, I had something recently. Don't remember. Uh, I make so many of these that I can't remember all of them at this point. Um, but it had collard greens, and that was delicious. I haven't had collard greens in so long, so that was I had, fantastic. I had. Jerk shrimp tacos that Ooh. were really good. Well, that's insane. Really good. Nice. Now I'm starving again. Yep, I'm hungry. That slice of pizza didn't didn't do enough. <laughs> but you know what will uh, satiate you? Blue Apron. They're the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S. Well, many people know what they do. Many don't know the types of meals you can get, like strip steaks with potatoes and spicy maple collard greens. Steakhouse inspired favorite with delicious twist. Chili infused maple syrup. All right, they're convenient. Pre-portioned ingredients come to your door. Uh, most can be cooked in under forty-five minutes. I think the jerk chicken took me like a half hour. The, the jerk chicken, excuse me, the jerk shrimp tacos took me a half hour, uh, and the and the and the meat dish took me about forty-five fifty minutes to do it. But I'm slow. I don't. I'm not good with garlic and pre-prep. I'm not good. You like pre-prep? I don't like the prep. I'm not good at that. Oh, I love pre-prep. I, I blow right through that. I'm good at the actually like putting the shit together and stirring it and timing the stuff to come out. There. I'm good at that. <laughs> we got to work together. They offer 12 new recipes each week, Blue Apron, and you can pick two, three, or four recipes based upon what fits your schedule. 
Yeah, that's something that I really started to notice that's fantastic is uh, if you actually go explore the website, you get a lot of options. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't... Some are vegetarian dishes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some are vegetarian dishes, but, you know, I, I... you know, I I use Blue Apron more than just the uh, the free codes, and I just take what they send, and it's always good. But if you go on there, you can pick from a whole lot more. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. Upcoming, you got Mexican chicken and rice casserole. Oh, we just missed that one. Uh, coming up, you got uh, garlic caper chicken, southern pork chops, Baja style tilapia tacos, three cheese pizza, white cheddar cheeseburgers, sheet. Sheet pan fried chicken. There's a, there's pasta dishes. There's fish dishes. There's a, uh, broccoli and ricotta uh, cannelloni. I'm gonna try that one. What was the one before the three cheese pizza? Uh, oh, the Baja style tilapia tacos. Yeah, I want to do that. So so th- usually have like four choices a week, and you can you know you can pick what you want. You can skip weeks. All right. So here's how you get the CU podcast deal. All right. You get thirty dollars off your first order if you go to blueapron.com slash CU Podcast. You get thirty bucks off your first order. And that's a pretty good deal. Boom boom boom. So all right. It's and it's usually uh locally sourced. You know, if they send you the 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 shrimp or they send you the meat, it's, it's not it's not frozen, it's fresh. Yeah, it's independent know. farms, it's fresh stuff, it's very tasty quality ingredients. Again, blueapron.com slash CU Podcast. Thir- save thirty bucks off your First order. Proud sponsors of my appetite and the CU <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Ian, you like that Royal Rumble? We haven't done a WWE topic in a while. We usually do Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam. We do the big four usually. Yeah, generally. generally. Um, I did. I, I well Royal Rumble. Next. I enjoyed for the most part the actual Rumbles. Um, I did. Yeah. I was surprised. I, yep, me too. Well. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. So um, you weren't surprised that they were they were better than the past fucking six years, at least. The, the well, the original Rumble didn't surprise the 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 normal Royal Rumble, um, not the Women's Rumble, didn't really surprise me because I was hanging out with my friend Chris the day before, and he explained a situation to me that made perfect sense, and it's exactly how it played out with Nakamura winning. And, uh, but it was, it was a fun rumble to watch all the same. It was booked well. It was booked, yeah. Very well paced. It was booked well. Um, Rusev number one was, was great because the crowd fucking loves loves, Rusev now. So he lasted, but they, but they got to do something with Rusev. I've loved Rusev since he came. I always thought he was great. He's good in the ring. He he really is into the character. And you can, you can tell he's a fun-loving guy. They got to pull the trigger on him in Aiden English. Yeah. They have to do something. They do. Aiden English is so good. You didn't think eight English, he goes from splitting up a, a, basically a jobber tag team. They put him with Rusev, and it's like, it clicks somehow. You're like, what the fuck? He was awesome in NXT as well, though. I mean, I really, really dig Aiden English. Um, it was really cool to see Ziggler back at 30. It was. I mean, he's only been gone for like a month or a month and a half, but it was good. Yeah. I mean, it I worked. just, I really like Ziggler. Um, but... Yeah, I mean the the Cena eliminating uh, Balor near the end. Balor Balor was the longest lasting Iron Man. He needs a rehabilitation of his character a little bit, and that was good for him. Yep, and getting thrown up, and he has had a good match with Cena on Raw, even though he lost. It was a good match. That's cool. You know, um, I thought the uh, the back and forth with um, with Cena and uh... oh god damn it, Cena and um... Reigns. Yeah, Reigns was pretty good actually. 
Um, to go up there, feud that hot feud from last year. Yep. Rey Mysterio looked like he was 15 fucking years younger. No, he didn't. This is where I'm going to disagree really? with you. First of all, when he came out, I popped for about half a second. I said, no, no, this is really bad. Dude has no fucking knees. Dude should not be in the ring. It, it, it looked like he wasn't wearing any braces. Did he get knee replacement surgery? I don't know, but did you see his legs? Dude does not do leg day. Probably because dude cannot do leg day. He was, Every time he did anything, including standing or walking, I was like, please, go sit down. I want Rey Mysterio. I, I wish we could have Rey Mysterio back. I love Rey Mysterio. He has surgically repaired knees. Oh, okay. He, that was the best he has looked in over 10 years. He was ripped. I, I, he has never been ripped in WWE. Like He looked good to me. That's fine. I mean, He looked I, good. I love Rey Mysterio. I worried about him every That's second fine. he was in the ring. He looked good. You can ask. I mean, everyone I watched it with, the whole time he was in the ring, I was, like, just panicked for him. I love the dude. I just don't want to see him get injured or hurt. And they, I don't think they would have had him come in with that spot and do those moves if they weren't confident that he was in the, the best shape he's been in for a long time. <sighs> I know they wouldn't have because well, he he hasn't been there for like four years. I know. Um, remember, remember, people were disappointed in the Royal Rumble 2014 when he was number thirty and wasn't Daniel Bryan. People were like, "What the fuck?" That was already four years ago, and that was he was gone shortly after that because of the injuries. He looked in great shape. <sighs> we're going to disagree on that one. He looked he hadn't looked that in that good a shape since maybe the WCW days. Like he looked shredded compared to what he used to be in uh, WWE. All right, I mean, that aside, I, I'm just saying. Like we're going to disagree on that. It's not disagreement. I I like I I love for Rey a Mys- nostalgia act. If you if it was just that, he did great. Sure, he pulled the balls. Moves I, well. I love the dude. It, it, it's not a dislike of him. I just, mm, I man. I mean, the, the, I mean, the guy's over forty. Oh, he's forty four. So yeah. sure, I'm. I'm just. I, I I these days I tend to worry more about the wrestlers' health than wanting to see them back. And I I. Surgically repaired knees. That's both. I liked. I liked that the final four was two. Two of the, the yeah. That was a lot of fun. Was Reigns and Cena, which the fans hated, but they're like, oh, okay. And then you had Nakamura and Balor. Yeah, that was, was like, great. I was like, okay, this is this is good booking. And Even though Reigns is going to be in the final four for every Rumble until we fucking die, apparently. But it, it at least made sense the booking for that. And sadly, um, it the the end of the Rumble was actually spoiled for me um i should not have checked twitter uh uh you know better when i did Is this um, your first rumble rodeo you no know it's not um but uh i could tell i mean just by watching it the tension they built oh yeah was very very good the last 10 minutes were really good yeah i mean even though i knew i was like I was hyped. You could still think that Reigns could win, what, his fucking third in four years or five years, whatever it would have been. And I, what I loved was or, there was no, like, there was no... Second in four years, whatever. There was no, like, gimmicky... Well, I mean, gimmicky's kind of the wrong word. There was no gimmicky finish to it. I loved how Nakamura just after... He hit, hit a knee on him. Yeah. yeah, hit the knee on him, just picked awesome. him up and threw him over the top rope and that was Yeah, there it. wasn't anything like, oh, the struggle at the end. I was like, yeah, no. oh, they go back and it's forth. Pick him up. Couple of false finishes. Dump him. And that's sometimes, sometimes they do that. Yeah. Um, but I love the, I love uh, Heath Slater getting his little spot. Oh, yeah, that was great. Eliminating um, <laughs> Sheamus. That was fun. Um, yep. 
you had Kofi with his spot where he gets back in. And oh, the, 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 Kofi sheet, <laughs> the sheet tray of pancakes. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of clever. It's still not played out totally. Um, no, it was. They it was, were really playing with the rules. I mean, as as we move on to the the women's match, they did the same but, thing but with uh, stick, stick on Nakamura. Yeah. Nakamura needed the win because yes, he did. he's had such a boring run uh, on on uh, Raw. Yeah, or excuse me, SmackDown since he got SmackDown, there. Yes, the, over the past eight nine months, it hasn't been really fruitful at all. He had a bad feud with. Um, Jinder Mahal, that didn't really do, go anywhere or do anything for him. During the whole, well, we got to make Jinder Mahal a thing, even though he's not good at all. And that was during that whole part. He's had a little thing with Randy Orton, but he's been in limbo ever since being on, on the main roster. It's been absolute limbo. Well, I mean, <sighs> and they haven't booked him right. Disappointingly, the, I mean, uh, WWE hasn't done great things with their NXT stars. I mean, it was really well, upsetting. Well, uh, guys like Balor got that injury, which really killed him out of the gate, um, unfortunately. And they've done okay here and there, but he's been kind of been lost. Uh, what's been great is uh, Elias has been fantastic. Oh, yeah, Elias. Elias been... is going to be huge this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think so. Um, so he's been – they've been doing the right thing with him ever since the beginning. They've been spotlighting him every week, giving him a chance to develop some ad-lib skills out there. He looks like a star. He looks like he looks like the, the, he, he looks like uh, Randy Savage, like the new Randy Savage. Just how he looks, he kind of looks like him. He does. He looks a lot like Randy Savage. You might want to see. He does. I don't know. He has the same build as Randy Savage. Yeah. But, uh, okay. I mean, build wise, uh, it's similar. The the, uh, the 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 Lesnar triple threat match was garbage. Oh, it was fucking awful. It was awful. You knew that Kane was going to be the fall guy for that because Kane's like fifty years old and doesn't belong and, in the ring anymore. And, and by the way, what a piece of shit Lesnar is. Uh, why? Oh, because that because he potatoed. Uh, yeah, so it looked like he got kneed in the face though, and responded by really punching Braun Strowman. <laughs> it, looked, it was a thigh. It was a thigh. It was a thigh, and yeah, it looked stiff, but it's Lesnar really hit him hard. That stuff. I mean, it's pretty. It, it's look. I if you get stiffed, I don't. One, I don't think Strowman meant it. I'm pretty sure I, that that was a mistake. I, and two. Getting a stiff thigh to the the side of the face or to the face is not. I mean, no, that'll fuck you up, and it will. Sure, it will. but not as much as a straight punch to the fucking temple. They're both bad. I'm not going to say what's going to hurt more. I haven't got a thigh to the head in quite a while in my MMA days. No, I haven't done. I I think from my reports, we were saying that Lesnar was trying to rein in that Strowman was going a little bit too much, like he was too amped up, and that was maybe. Uh, Lesnar trying to bring him back down to earth, but yeah, you could tell. They even 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 Graves, Corey Graves, said later, "Yeah, Strom is still feeling, Strom is still feeling that punch from like a few minutes before." Yeah, there, there are other ways to rein people in than punch them in the temple. Well, you know, you're, you're not a fan of Lesnar to begin with, but um, the no, tri- I, I, the, the triple threat with AJ Styles was very good because AJ Styles can wrestle a mop. And it's fun, but that actually actually worked as a handicap match. Handicap matches are hard to be entertaining. I hated it. I just you don't. Hate it? I just don't. I, it was I mean, good. I like all three of those wrestlers. I just don't like handicap matches. They're hard to, to book properly, but I think for what it is, they did a decent job uh, there, and they still protected him because oh, he, he wasn't the right guy in the ring. All right, the so at the first, I was wondering before we get to the women's rumble why that was put on last, and we'll get to why it was put on last in a second, but. My fear with the with the women's Royal Rumble was there isn't enough good talent to have thirty roster spots uh, at all. With, with there isn't even thirty women, there's not even twenty two women. So they had to bring back some 
ones, but they brought back the probably the best they could have brought back from the prior generation. Oh, I thought, I, yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh, the women's rumble was fantastic, and I thought it was pretty obvious from the start that they were going to pull out the best, uh, the best ones they, the best uh, women wrestlers they have, which are, which are, I mean, which are great. I mean, the, the best women wrestlers they have are, are fantastic, um, and I thought it was. I I couldn't believe they started the uh, the women's rumble with uh, Lynch and and Banks, um, but I mean it got it off to a really good start. I well, mean, you want to have two good wrestlers in there. You can't have someone that's like arguably their two best. You can't have Alicia Fox where it's like, eh, she can be good, but she can be a disaster in the ring. You have to have solid wrestlers to to carry it. Right, but they did pace it very well. Uh, they in terms they of- also protected it by having the ring cleared a lot of times with the women on the outside underneath the ropes to, so it wasn't getting too muddled. They did that too. Right. I think was that fun. was good because where where the 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 women shine is actually in their one-on-one wrestling. As they stated a number of times, it was the first rumble they've, well, at least they've done in the WWE. Maybe, you know, I mean, it, it, it worked very well. A lot of wrestling actually got to be pulled off. I think they paced the, the best wrestlers they had well, bringing Bailey out late, you know, allowed for, you know, talent to be entered in. And every single surprise entrant was a good one, a great pop. It was great to see Lita again. Everyone knew Trish was going to be. Michelle McCool did great. 30. She looked great. Uh, Michelle Mc- I wasn't super impressed with her, but she was pretty decent. Uh, Kelly Kelly was just as awful as she's always been. Yep. Which <laughs> yep. didn't belong in there at all. Yep. Absolutely miserable. Just worse than even worse than even. Um, yeah, she was the worst one. The Vicky <laughs> Guerrero part was absolutely awful, though. I loved that. I, they, oh my god, I couldn't stand it. It was just so painful. She she did it a little bit too much, but Vicky Guerrero. Probably, I would say, just from her four-year run, belongs in the W Hall of Fame. Probably the best villain they've had in the past fifteen years. Oh, in WWE. she was a great villain. I just—it's fantastic. It, it broke up everything. I thought it was fun. It it would. I have love been, Vicky Guerrero. I think it would have been more fun towards the beginning, not in the middle. Oh, I see what you're saying. And Jesus Christ, please. I mean, she the screeching. Oh, my God. I realized she did it. That, she did it over the top. Yes. It was a little too <laughs> fucking over. The, yeah. But the was, cr- crowd loves her. She had, the, she had one of the best going away, uh, you know, matches ever when she got one up on Stephanie when, when she left a couple years ago. Oh, I, yeah. I love Vicky Guerrero. It was Vicky Guerrero. I just thought they worked that part awful. I thought that they worked that part awful. The tr- Trish Stratus looked fucking great. Hasn't missed a beat. I thought her elimination was particularly great where she went for her finisher. uh, And Sasha dumped her. And Sasha dumped her. They're turning Sasha heel. They have to. Oh, which is fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. it it makes sense. And everything in the match you can show they're going to do that. She's one of the best heels uh, that I've seen in a while. And it was fun to see her as a face for a while because the crowd absolutely adores her. But the crowd adores Sasha one way or another. Uh, Nia Jax they use great. I love Nia um, Jax. Like, I've totally flipped on Nia Jax. I love her to death, and she was used perfectly. As 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 the, the big giant character in there, which they didn't really have on the men's side. There wasn't a big giant character they all have to team up on, really. They yeah. This year. They usually have at least yeah. one a year. No Braun Strowman showing up in the match. They probably wanted to protect him. Uh, there wasn't really, they didn't really have that. Uh, yeah, you're right. 
no. which, is, which is strange. You usually have at least one a year. Even if it's like Mark Henry, they'll, they'll trot him out to get thrown out by like five guys. Really yeah, that. and that's always that's always fun. Well, I, I guess I guess yeah, Nia, Nia Jax was, was Kelly Kelly again was fucking awful. Oh, she's she got she's a big miserable. pop because she was the biggest one for a while. But terrible. Uh, oh, the, Beth Phoenix coming out was great. Oh, people were really amped for that. I was more surprised than I thought that they really wanted to see that. Yeah, but that was versus great. Uh, Naya, right? Yeah. Uh, wait, no, was it? No, it wasn't Naya. It was um, was it Naya? No, Beth Phoenix went one up mostly singles with uh. Who did she stare on? She stared on someone huge. Who was it? it wasn't Naya? Um, keep talking. I'm gonna look. Oh, okay. I'll look it up too. It was uh Beth Phoenix and. Uh, you look it up. Beth Phoenix wasn't even gone that long ago, which is funny. She's already in the Hall of Fame. But, but no, I mean, she was great, and it was yeah, it was fun. That I yeah, I can't remember who she was up against. But all in all, I think the the women's uh, it did uh, better than I thought. I, I thought the, it was not going to be good at all. Uh, I I I had I had pretty good expectations for it, and they were met. Um, I don't. I but like I said, my I don't know if they were exceeded. But like I said, I I had pretty high expectations for it. Um, I had no doubt that the talent could pull it off, as long as yeah, she did face off with Nia Jax. Oh, it was Nia Jax. Okay, the crowd was going nuts. Yeah, she tried to lift her up a couple times. Oh yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Okay, it was. You're right. It was Nia Jax, and I mean she did lift her up. Um. Oscar was obviously great. Yeah, Oscar was great. Mickey James, when Mickey James uh, uh, faced off with Trish, everyone went nuts. Yep. that was the biggest female rivalry yeah, the past awesome. fifteen years. Yeah, we didn't even bring up Oscar, but Oscar was obviously fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I think it really just—I I had faith in Lita the, did her awful moonsault. Yeah, for it. <laughs> the yeah. worst moonsault ever. That that let's lay well, down. Let's just lay back. And and just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, I had no doubt in the roster. It was all going to boil down to how well the guest appearances did, and the guest appearances did very well. Sure. Um, I hated the fact that they did not let Asuka pick at the end. Well, that's what we're going to get to, and this is the reason why this was the last match of the night. Because well, yeah. cause you hear bad reputation come on, and no, I, I was not a, a surprise participant in the women's Royal Rumble. That would have been great. But no, Ronda Rousey, Rowdy Ronda Rousey comes out to announce that, hey, I guess she's with WWE now. And they report after us, yes, she signed a deal with them. Not, it did, and I'm not sure it's just a part-timer deal, but it probably will be like a Lesnar thing, I'm guessing, where she wrestles like five, six times a year at most. But she comes out, ruins Asuka's moment. That's what pissed me off the most. Um, and then, you know, points at WrestleMania sign, and it's like, oh, what's going to happen? Well, turns out where it's going to be, it's going to be uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, versus uh charlotte flair and you're gonna have uh oscar versus uh my girlfriend alexa bliss that's what the match is going to be at wrestlemania so i was see that that bums me out i didn't know that's how it plant panned out uh i wanted to see oscar um flair so bad so fucking bad um well they're on different shows yeah, but I mean that doesn't matter. I mean that's sure, why you, that's but... that's why you get the choice, and that's why I wanted to see the choice. I really wanted Oscar to, like I I could have sworn that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I figured that you know they would spice it up a little bit and have her choose the opposite show. Unfortunately, I really don't give a shit about Ronda Rousey being in WWE. I think it's two years too late. 
obviously. But, she, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of my point. Like, yeah, give Asuka yeah. the better match. Well, no, just give her the spotlight. I'd have Rousey yeah. come out on Raw or whatever and just do that. Or smash, you know what I mean? Like, right. that, that dominated the night. It wasn't about Asuka anymore. Yes. It wasn't about Nakamura. By the way, two Japanese wrestlers winning the Royal Rumbles, I never, ever thought I would see that. Right. I didn't think they were going to have Nakamura win it. I really didn't until I saw it. Because this is the first one that actually makes sense in elevating someone that needed it. Yep. When's the last time that happened with the Rumble? Yeah, I was actually blown away Seven, by Seven, eight too. years? I, when's, when's, think back to the last time that happened. Where, where I was like, wow, this is a guy that is a kind of a surprise a little bit, but really needed it to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Where it actually means something. Like how the King of the Ring used to give someone a rub. For the first time in a long time, I'm actually excited for a, uh, a WrestleMania. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's going to be a fucking match for the first time in six years the crowd wasn't booing at who won the royal rumble yeah that's people, a good that's people a good were happy <laughs> maybe maybe it's good that vince is doing the xfl so triple h can maybe get get in there and have so, some decisions i mean my my thoughts on on rousey and I'm, I'm gonna leave it there i think she she's likable i do think it's probably a year too late for her to come in she probably should have come in when people were were talking about it when she, when she showed year. up two years ago? Oh, was that two years ago? Yeah. I mean, I realized she was a little bit busy then, but still last year probably would have been when would have been better. Like I said, I, I like her, but I, it's too late. And yeah, it really, really pissed me off that it diminished. I mean, Nakamura got his moment to celebrate. I would have done that match last. It, Nakamura. It, it really upset me that um, Asuka didn't get her moment, and it really pissed me off that Asuka... I mean, did she? Did Asuka actually get to choose on Raw? No. No. See, oh, no it should be she didn't at the Royal Rumble. She didn't. Well, no, I know, at the, the, I know yeah. at the Royal Rumble she didn't. Did she get to choose on Raw? I didn't see that part. Uh, see, I, I, I mean, if she... I, it just... Pissed me off. I mean, I mean, what what are we gonna get? Are we gonna get? I mean, are we actually gonna get another Lesnar? Or we? I mean, are we gonna well, get a Shamrock? Well, here's the thing: are we, we knew Lesnar. We knew Lesnar was a good wrestler before he came back. We have no idea what Rousey's gonna be, right? And she's gonna be. Well, that's what I said. Are we gonna get a Lesnar? Are we gonna get a Shamrock? Oh well, eh, Shamrock was okay. I mean, I right. like Shamrock. But Shamrock, just, was, Shamrock was all right as a wrestler. But I'm, I mean, there is a difference there. Yeah, or you can get someone terrible. Even worse, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can get someone that's horrific. We don't know. And that's going to be your first big match at WrestleMania. But reportedly, she's been training for months, though. But still, to headline WrestleMania like that, I don't know. That's uh, that's something weird. All right, so we actually enjoyed Royal Rumble. We're not just haters of it. For that. No. I mean, I I, I, fast, I I mean, the actual Rumbles I very much enjoyed. The the other matches, I, eh, whatever. Sure. All right. Q&A uh, time. I'm dying here. Q&A let's, time let's on the CU podcast. It. Ian asks. Ian asks. Uh, this is from Insert Coin News. Uh, thoughts on Collector Vision registering the acclaimed trademark? Okay, so Collector Vision is uh, partially uh, owned and operated by Games Trade One. I'll just get that out of the way. So Collector Vision, they do a lot of the homebrews for. Uh, they've done it for uh, ColecoVision. I think they've done it in television too. And they also have that Sydney Hunter game coming out for Super Nintendo. Um, so they have registered... I think they have a Switch version of that coming out, too. So they have registered Acclaim, Exidy, and LJN. The little toy company, LJN. So this, is, this seems to be in vogue right now, where you go out and you get these trademarks that haven't been used in forever. Right. On its surface, 
it's not necessarily bad, and I'm not necessarily against it on its surface. As long as it's clear to me, this is not the old company. Yeah. But we want to at least use it to brand something new that's connected. Or I think they like they sell some T-shirts where it's like, okay, fine. You want to try to legally sell the shirts and try to do that? That's fine. Right. So I applaud them for being transparent about it. Hey, we're trying to bring this back. We want to honor the brand. That's fine. You want to if you want to pull a fucking Coleco, and and just basically treat the community like community like trash and throw it on everything. Then I got a problem with it, especially when you're trying to trying to uh, blur the lines between the old company and the new one. Then I have an issue with it. Yeah, uh, outwardly, where it's like, okay, you're trying to pretend that the company never died out, you know, and that the brand didn't die for a reason. Right. I but I I highly doubt that's the instance in this case. Sure. I mean and, and we haven't seen any other situation like Coleco that I can think Where of. Or it was dragged through the mud. Right, exactly. And then it treated the community like shit. And and I think, you know, the choices that Collectivision has made, Exidy, LJN, Acclaim, um, those are pretty fun choices. Sure. I, I, don't, I mean, there's a reason a lot of these trademarks go defunct for a reason. I mean, yeah. Exidy, you really got to scratch your head and think, okay, how could you use Exidy nowadays? Fun t-shirts. Venture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chiller. Chiller. Uh, death Crossbow. Race. Death Race. Death Race. And we're running out of steam. <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's fine. If you, can, if you can use it, more power to you. I mean, absolutely. LJN has a little bit more. You have toys. You have some games. Yeah. If you want to bring back video art, go for it. You know. um, yeah. But there's it, other... Other entities are doing the same, which we haven't talked about. There's an entity that registered uh, 3DO. Right. There's an entity, the same one, did it for X-Band, right. I believe. And they also did it for... Uh, there was another weird third one they did it for. I was like, really? I think Jaguar. You know. So, when you think about the, the, the use of, of video game trademarks that are 20 or 30 years old, it's all about usually branding with the game to go along with it. So, for example, if you wanted to make a new new 3DO game, you technically don't need the trademark to do that. You can just say, for play, on the Panasonic 3DO. Right. You just can't use, then, the 3DO... Logo. Uh, you know, yeah, stylized logo. But it doesn't mean, you know, you don't need the trademark to make games for old consoles. And that's what Coleco Holdings was trying to trick people into doing. Right. It's like, well, you can't make these games. It won't be officially licensed. Well, it's like, fuck you. We don't need to be officially licensed. Yeah, this is a very different thing, and this is why this is is this is this is more interesting, and this is definitely not not as problematic. Oh yeah, and I've looked up some of them. Someone, a different entity, has trademarked TurboGrafx-16, but it's whether or not you actually use them for anything is what it comes down to. If you don't use them, the trademark gets defunct again. Right. You have to show that you're using it commercially or for a business. And if not, there's a time period that elapses if you don't re-up. It goes back into the void again and anyone else can use it. And that's what happens with this stuff. Um, and I think it's, it's you know, especially with something like a claim, it's in terms of video game history, uh, you know, it, it's easy. It'll be easy depending on what's done with this if it is used to, to you know, label games or something that Collectivision makes. You know, they want to put this one under the Acclaim imprint. Um, it'll be easy to distinguish between the two. Sure. You know, past Acclaim and, and present Acclaim. Sure. Um, because it doesn't mean you're going to get the old Acclaim games and re-release them. Right, exactly. Unlike Atari where it's, it's very much a... Soupy 
mess. <laughs> like the Atari watch or the, <laughs> right, the Atari right. box. Yeah. Um, where they're just licensing out to everyone else to use. I'm actually kind of interesting in seeing what what they do with the Acclaim light. Uh, doing their own wireless remote controller. <laughs> no, 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 please don't do, don't redo the Acclaim wireless remotes. <laughs> this is from at Great White Gibster. Do you think increasingly high prices for retro video games will discourage a younger generation to get into collecting? Um, did we? Well, I'm not. It's not that we did. Did we, we, we discuss didn't, this? Didn't it's discuss it's it. it's. Did I use this response in in uh, as an answer to something else? But it, it still fits. Excuse me. Um. So yes, the increasingly high prices will be part of what discourages a younger generation to get into collecting. But or maybe I'm having deja vu. The younger generation did not grow up with physical media. They grew up with digital media. The ones now. The, yeah, the, the, right. I would say anyone... Anyone born to, from 2005 onward, we'll just say. I, I mean, you could even go back to 2000. So let's say, let's say anyone... Let's say anyone who's still in high school, for the most part. Okay, I would I would stretch it to more two thousand five. Okay, but but okay, we'll say two thousand. And I'm not saying there isn't. And I'm not saying there isn't anyone in high school who doesn't like physical media. Or no, it's not what we're saying. Physical we're media. talking about I'm overall in general. These people grew up with this younger generation grew up with. Um, more digital media. YouTube. On, on Steam. Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Hulu. Yeah. Uh, didn't really go out and have to and buy DVDs. Um, you know, a lot of them could have gotten their video game content uh, via download on their digital system download, yes. or their or on their Xbox 360, their PS3, their PS4, their, their computer. So... In the year 2000. Stop. Um, so... Oh, these microphones. Um... What may discourage a younger generation is it's not necessarily discouraging. They could very well lose. I think we may see a loss in interest in physical media collecting with younger generations because they don't have an attachment to physical media to begin with. Sure. If only there was a documentary coming out addressing this very issue later in the year. Anyway, so I mean that, that that's my response. Yeah, high high prices. Okay. There's always going to be people interested well, in things the, from before they were born, too. Like, Well, let's put it this way. High prices never help the entrance. No. And it won't help it if you even have an attachment to physical media like we do. So say say you watch some idiot YouTuber going to flea markets and, and wanting to buy shit, and they see prices from 2010 when a lot of stuff was, teach, was cheaper. And, of course, that YouTuber caused the, the rise in price of everyone because he's so popular enough to do that. <laughs> anyway, so... Being facetious, so then you go to your game store. And it's like, oh, I want to buy, I want to buy Donkey Kong Country Three. According to this video, it's five bucks. Oh, what? It's twenty five dollars. I'm not going to pay that much for it. Fuck it, I'll just download it. So, if if it's not easy to get into it and it's cost prohibitive, you'll be priced out before you can even get a chance to get into it. Like, there's no, you can no longer ease your way into some of these game uh, collections or to play these old games. Yeah. If you want to go out and buy Contra, you're still going to pay 25 bucks for it, or 30 It may not be 40 or 45 like it was a couple of years ago, but you're still paying a lot of money for a popular game. Yeah. Or you're paying 15 bucks for DuckTales. 
So that quickly adds up. Ducktales has definitely gone up. It's gone back up after it came down. Is it? I don't. I, I don't know that that one ever really came down. I mean, it's it, it didn't well, it didn't skyrocket, but I'd say it's. Let's check a certain NES app where I'm not being paid for my revenue, like I should. Go <laughs> <clears throat> uh, oh, sorry. Go on. I, I was gonna say it, it, it's probably. I would say I think it's still hanging around twenty. Um. But I mean, no. I already, I mean, I already gave my opinion on this. I already gave my answer. Fourteen fifty. DuckTales is at. Yeah. All right. So it's hovering in there. So I think that's what you're looking at. I, th- I think the high prices is definitely not going to help, but you're going to be so limited in the amount of new collectors as we go year and year on that the scene's going to change. Retro game stores are going to definitely evolve and change. Um, and then the, co- the conventions are going to change. I've ar- we've already seen it. At least I've seen it. And I've already started to see NES games. Tiptoe, tiptoe. Towards Atari 2600 territory, especially when it comes to comments. You're tippy toeing, tippy toeing. Not there yet, but it's getting closer than it was before for sure. So that's that's where we're at with the uh, the next generation. But yeah, 20 years from now, I don't think you're going to have a lot of 15 uh, year olds go back and buy their Xbox One games physically because you know why? Most of them got them digitally. You sure. Know? So, and then I mean, there's the likelihood that it all gets cracked, and yeah. All right, let's. I'm 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 dying. Let's. I'm running out of steam. Let's go. All right. Uh, this is from Brandon Vem. Uh, unlicensed NES Classic Edition with 30 unlicensed games on it. Color Dreams, Tengen, etc. What games do you put on it? Boy, if only someone had an app so I can list the 99 or so unlicensed games, or or and there's about 90. On here, okay. You I want to run I... through all more. You just want to start with the Tengen games and go from there. I want to run these down. We're going to get thirty unlicensed NES games in North America, right? Okay. Well, I know which one I'd pick. For. I know one that I would definitely put on there. Uh, we'll just go in order. We'll say yes or no. <sighs> okay. Afterburner. No. No. Alien Syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Controversial choice. Arctic Adventure. No. Baby Boomer. No. B fifty two. No. No. Bible Adventures. I'd say yes because it's so fucking goofy. Yep. For one of them. Big Nose Freaks Out. Like it? No. No. Big Nose. Okay? No. Uh, I Maybe the original Big Nose. You're way too lenient to me. We're going to run through this list quick. Uh, or we'll fill up this quick. Blackjack? No. Ball Bath Games? No. no. Captain Comic? No. Castle Deceit? Okay. No. I guess I don't get to decide. <laughs> Are you going to say yes to any of these? Captain Comic? No. But, but I mean, you're not even giving me a chance here. Why is... Oh, okay. That's not listed properly there. Okay. Um, What's next? Death Race. Crystal Mines. Mm-hmm. Death Boss, just stop me when you say we hear yes. Dizzy the Adventure, Double Strike, Duck Maze, Dudes with Attitudes, Exodus. Dude, yes. Dude, okay, so that was going to be my one. Either Dudes with Attitude or Trolls on Treasure Island. All right, up to that th- game is fun. We're up to three or four. Uh, Exodus, F15 City War, Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy. I will say yes, yes. to Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy because it's different. Fantasy Zone, no. Firehawk, uh, no. no. Almost. Galactic Crusader, fuck it, I'll say yes. Yeah. For a bunch of games because it's original. Hot Slots, no. Impossible Mission 2, no. Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, Mm-mm. no. Well, that was both unlicensed and unlicensed, so you can toss that out. Um, Jackpot, no. Joshua, King Neptune, King of Kings, Clax. Want a puzzle game? I hate Clax. I don't mind Clax. I'll say maybe to Clax. We need a nice puzzle game. Uh, uh, no, I, I would pick uh, Mermaids of Atlantis or Bubble Bath Babes. Over Clax? Yes. Clax Clax Uh, is the worst. Crazy Creatures, I love it. It's goofy, but I wouldn't put it on. Oh, come on. We're not going to fill this up otherwise. Oh, we we will. We're up to like eight already. Line of Spacehead, no, not good. No. Uh, 
Little Red Hood, Master Chu, no. Multi-cars are off, so Maxi, no Maxi 15. Menace Beach, no. Mermaids of Atlantis, you say yes. Metal Fighter, not that good. MiG-29, that's not bad. Micro Machines, yes. yes. You got to put that on. Miracle Piano, well, that's licensed, but it's a different game. It's other. Uh, Mission Cobra, Moon Ranger, no. Miss Pac-Man, Tengen version, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, NWCs don't count because that's really, well, they're, not, they're kind of just other games. Operation Secret Storm, Othello, Pac-Mania, no. Pinkaboo Poker, no. Pestermania, no. Pipe Mania, Puzzle, Pyramid, Pim- Pyramid's awful. Uh, the Quattro games, no. Uh, you got to throw RBI Baseball in, but that was also licensed. That was so. also licensed. So doesn't, doesn't count. count. No, and not two or three then. Uh, Rad Racket, I, I love. Uh, you love that game. I love that Rodent. It's not a good game, though. Raid 2020, no. Roadrunner. Yes. Raid what? 2020 makes it on there just how because it it's so fucking bad. Worse, it, but, but, but Robo Demons is worse though. So if you're gonna put on a bad game, you put Robo Demons on. But, but Raid 2020 has such an absurd storyline. Okay, okay, you got that. Roadrunner, I said no. Rolling Thunder, yes. Secret Scout, no. Roadrunner, Roadrunner is. I mean, it's average. It, 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 it. Okay, I mean, at this point, some things just pass because they're average. Because we have to get list, do a list of thirty. We're yeah. having trouble. Uh, Shinobi, I would say yes. That's one of the okay Sega ports, sure. Shockwave, no. It's playable. Silent Assault's miserable. Yes. Skull and Crossbones is not good. Solitaire, no. Spiritual Warfare, you know what? Fuck it. It's a pretty decent Zelda clone. We'll do that in BioVentures. Two out of seven. Yeah. Uh, Sunday Funday, no. No. Super Sprint, yes. Yeah. Uh, Tag and Dragon, no. No. Tetris. Tang and yes. Tetris, absolutely. Tiles of Fate, nah. Tubin, I like Tubin. Yeah. <laughs> Trolls and Treasure Island, well, you have that or or, or, or dudes that. Or, but one of those two, yeah. I'll do dudes. Ultimate League Soccer is terrible. Ultimate Stuntman? No. It's too uneven. Yeah. Venice Beach Volleyball? No. Vindicators, I would say yes. Sure. Wally Bear, I'd say yes. Yes. Wally Bear is... And I don't think we got to 20 games out of that. We couldn't no. get 30 well, games. I'm glad you said yes to Wally Bear because yes. I was going to lunge across the table if you tried to veto Wally Bear. I don't think we got to 21 or 22 games. Hey, we tried. We tried. All right. Well, there you go. There's there's the app. Check it out, and I won't get paid for it. Okay, next question. <laughs> uh, Pat asks, what about Eon Gaming HD releasing their GameCube HD plug-and-play thingy? Um, I am glad it's out. Hopefully the reviews will be good for it's it. It's on Amazon. It's $150, and it's a GameCube HDMI adapter. Yeah. And, and, the, and the guy came up and showed us, uh, at least showed me at Soul Coverage Game Expo, it comes in a cute little GameCube it's package. It's in a really adorable package. Um, $150. Lagless so, input, it says. Yeah. 150 is a bit, but, I mean, I a lot of HDMI. Um, six, you get 640 times 480p progressive scan. Yeah, a lot of these upscalers are, are, are expensive. Uh, you know, the HDMI mods for NESs are expensive. Um, so I, I don't think the price is necessarily out of, uh, out of um, reasonable range. I think this is going to be great because this should eliminate and improve upon it's going to eliminate the demand for the component core c- cables. Oh yeah, because the, the the first party ones are hard to find and go for a ton, right? Well, and, uh, basically there is only first party ones and I, uh, I there's think, not third party ones they try to make? Uh they may have, but I mean people never ask me or, or for third party ones or ever talk to for me the component about them. cables. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying there isn't um but I know that uh, the Wow, the component 
cables ones go over two hundred thirty dollars. Sure. So Holy this is shit. a steal. That's it'll been, hook up to an H. It'll hook up to a modern TV. And it'll look no, better. It'll look better. No lag input. Um, Holy shit! I thought they were like a hundred dollars. Two hundred and thirty dollars. No lag. This will probably be great specifically for the Smash Melee scene. They won't have to look for CRTs constantly. That's true. Uh, they won't have to look well, for component cables however, constantly. However, you still have the TV refresh or input lag from the TV itself, though, that you don't have with the CRT. Honestly, if you put it on game mode, you really shouldn't have any issues. I couldn't beat Mike Tyson, even in game mode with the NES Classic. You there's just sometimes there's just that little bit that you can't get over. But then again, Mike Tyson is really an anomaly because you have to be on frame in order to dodge with that. Why look at me like that? I don't know. I have people who swear that that, that that's doable. Um, but you have to probably have a TV with such a low lag rate on it. Oh, order. sure. But I couldn't on my TV. So. Um, no, I, I could see that. So, I mean, they're going to need great TVs, but... Anyways, I, I see this as a especially if if the Capone cables are going for two thirty now. I see this. Oh as wow! A, I thought they were a hundred bucks the last. Oh no, no, I thought they were about. Uh, last I checked, they were about one eighty. So at wow. one fifty, this is actually a you know a, a, yeah. pretty much a steal. And unlike the the other experimental one, this one seems more secure because it, it it sockets into uh, two places on the back. It goes into um, the uh, what the 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 the, the composite out and the component out both next to each other. And I like it because it's not a mod. It's it's a straight-up adapter. Why do they not make that many component cables back then? I guess they figured there was no market back in 2001, yeah. 2002. They just didn't do it? Yeah. I'm surprised they put it into the system at all, you know, at the time. Yeah. I don't know. They just probably didn't feel like it was going to be necessary. So, okay, this will this will do all right. But this brings up we, we a larger point where – where we're we're getting to this point with either console re-releases like the analog coming out with the NT and the Super NT, where you have old consoles having to be upgraded, and now you have a lot of the clones now too that are, support HDMI for these consoles that are 30 years old, or you have these Atari flashbacks come out that are HDMI compatible. So we're getting to that point now where we're trying to catch up with, which is probably going to be the final leg of technology. I don't know how it can progress past HDMI unless you have fucking, I don't know, photons and holograms. You know what I mean? Like neural nets. But you see what I mean, though? Yeah. We're, we're now getting to that point. We just got to wait for, like, the Intellivision HD, you know, to come out. And Saturn HD. But we're getting to that point with a lot of the more popular consoles now. Oh, man, now you go RGB with the Saturn. Yes, you can do that, Ian. If you have an RGB monitor, you can do that. No. just Or buy $800 FrameMeister. You can do that. Saturn does native RGB out, and frame meisters aren't quite it. Right. Well, not not everyone has that a thousand dollars to to get two percent better picture. It's not two percent. Two percent's of milk. Two percent's of milk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's water with, with white food coloring. So, what do you think is going to be next on the horizon? You're going to get you're going to HDMI OG Xbox after this. Do they have a cheap cable for that, or they, or component at least for that. I didn't know. They're, they're, yeah, components are not expensive for the original Xbox. Okay. But components are not on, even on some of these new TVs. I think eventually that's going to be dealt with in the future as well. Yeah. Maybe not right now. Within five, ten years, I think they'll stop uh, with that. So, all right. Uh, we're doing this last topic. You're done. Uh, let's, let's do it. All right. At Mark Musso Live, why do you guys think fanboyism, fanboyism is so prevalent, even in adults? Have you ever been fanboys before? 
I don't know. I, I, it, <laughs> it, 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 it fills an empty spot in your life as an adult, I guess. I don't know. Well, isn't uh, it, isn't but, it... but it's also, I, I think it's natural uh, to want to root for a team. I think that's something that some people want to do. Some people have a competitive nature, competitive edge. Um, and... You think you know me. Yeah, <laughs> and and they want to root for something. Um, I do think fanboyism is ridiculous, uh, especially in video games. I just want people to enjoy what they enjoy. I don't think it needs to be treated like uh, a sport. I mean, if someone has an Xbox One, um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want. I don't want any video game system to to fail. I want people who have purchased something to be able to enjoy it. Um, I don't have an Xbox One, but I had a 360, and I loved it. Um, this generation, I have a PS4, and I love the PS4, and I don't have an interest in an Xbox One. But someone, I, I just, I don't care. It, other than the fact that I'd like to play online with some of my friends who have Xbox Ones, I really don't care. So I, 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 I think fanboyism is silly. But the second half of the question is, have you ever been fanboys before? And and the answer is what's the definition of fanboy? I'm gonna look it up while you do that. What's the fanboy? Like hardcore for something. I was a, I was a PlayStation fanboy in in high school. Um, the informal definition is a male fan, especially one who is, who is obsessive about comics, music, movies, or science fiction. That's the informal definition according to Google. Okay, um, it's, it seems like it's in this. It means you know. Um, Fanatically being obsessed with one yeah. system extremely, and hating another system. The definition on Merriam-Webster is someone, a man or boy who is extremely or overly enthusiastic fan of someone or something. Right. And in this connotation with video games, it usually is followed by extremely anti-another system. Sure. So I, I was a PlayStation fanboy pretty much in, in high school. Um, I still always loved Nintendo handhelds, but I couldn't stand the N64 and it, uh, then... It's because I didn't like the system, and I, it was I didn't like the system naturally, but it was because I had friends who had it and constantly tried to force games down my throat that I didn't like, <laughs> and tried to they they, they fanboyed me. Play War with, Gods, Ian. Yeah. No. Uh, no. No. Goldeneye's the best thing ever. No, it's it's not. No, I've been playing Duke first person. Better. I've been playing first yes. person shooters forever. So. It was it was kind of, my my fanboyism of the PlayStation was kind of in response of their fanboyism to the N sixty four. But I mean, was it stupid of me? Yeah, I mean, was it stupid I, all around? Sure, absolutely. But yes, I, I mean, I, I think we've all been guilty of, of 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 being fanboys at some point. Yeah, I love it. We, we are known as Nintendo fanboys online, even though we we have hatred for some Nintendo stuff. So I don't see how you can call us Nintendo. I just don't. Yeah, like I said, my my three sixty was probably my most used console of the last generation. Um, I mean, this, this generation, it's the Switch and the uh, PS4. Um, I thought the Wii was, I mean, I, I was very let down with the Wii. There were some great games on it, but I mean, I, you know, I'm not one of those people who's going to run out there and try to make a billion sure. excuses for the Wii. So this is why I think it's prevalent. I, I, I think people need to belong to groups. Those are tribalistic. And unfortunately, that comes down to sometimes to a certain comic book character you like. I've known Wolverine fanboys that'll fight you to death. Wolverine can defeat any superhero out there. And it's like, no, he can't, dude. Shut the fuck up. Sure. I, yeah. I, I think or, my sports analogy was weaker, but yeah, it, 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 it's it's 
you're right. It's it's all about being part of a a, a sure. group that wants to root for something or or you know push something up is the best. Yeah, and we see it now in social media more with celebrities and there's fanboys of different celebrities and looking at celebrities like they're fucking gods. That's a whole other conversation we can get into at some other time about celebrity worship. Not but, now. But there is there is a little worshiping factor in when you're a fanboy of something where it's like. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, you put it, it on a pedestal. It's like you look up to it. It can do no, no wrong in your eyes. It's what you kind of weirdly aspire to collectively. Yeah. I was, I mean, for for the brief, like, year and a half, two years that I was a PlayStation fanboy, it was, you know, like I said, mostly <laughs> you're games. Re- you're a reformed PlayStation Yeah, but uh, it's like I did a prison stint in 96 and the 99. This was like when I was 16. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> But no, yeah, your like, PlayStation shirt. When I uh, no, actually, I, I had a Dreamcast shirt though. Oh. Uh, um, but uh, blah, 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 blah. hold on, no, I had a point. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. Oh, um, what's weird to me and is is the uh, with video games now is the deification of CEOs of various like video game companies. Does that happen? Well, it's happened with Reggie fils maybe because he's like the Well, it ha- yeah, it happens all the time with 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 Sony and with Microsoft and, and with Nintendo like What happened with Steve Jobs? Uh, yeah, people look at him as a god. That's that's that is fanboyism that's just It really started with Apple when you get into the modern technology thing. Before the, the modern console fanboys, it kind of started with Apple, like fifteen years ago, sure. sixteen years ago, when you had the iPod come out. Yeah, you know that's really where it's like, oh, everything Apple, Apple's, oh, you're worshiping a, a, a and the iMac. Yeah, you, you, you're making this tech company like it's a fucking church, a religion. That used to be the big joke. It sort of died out, but there were people like that, uh-huh. where their whole, whole technological ecosystem revolved around Apple and only Apple. They didn't want to hear anything else. Sorry, at some point, the iPod was not the best handheld personal device. The Zune, as funny as it was, because now it's a joke in Guards Galaxy, the Zune for a time was technologically superior to whatever iPod was out for a short time by Microsoft. That's the truth. I didn't have one, but, you know, there were better phones than the iPhone, and there are are at some point. You know, the iMac can suck me. That thing was terrible. A built-in fucking monitor with a computer, and it cost three times as much as your shitty gateway, which probably was just as powerful. Ooh. Terrible. Missed my gateway 2000. Oh, I actually found it. That's right. That'll be a fun CU podcast. We'll just go through my old, my old uh, high school pictures of my gateway 2000 <laughs> that, that were scanned that were scanned in <clears throat> from my from my freaking portable cameras at the time or disposable cameras. You know. Boy, what, yeah. what was I saying? Fanboyism. Are you still a fanboy of anything? Do you think I'm a Nintendo fanboy? Um, or just or just like the old stuff. I don't know that you're a Nintendo fanboy. I just don't think you have played much outside of. I have my 360 somewhere. Nintendo. <laughs> I don't think you're adverse to exploring. Like L.A. Noir fan. <laughs> New realms. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, you're a Nintendo family. Anyways. <laughs> See, yeah, it's right! <laughs> yeah, that's that'll be the first. Uh, anyways, so, yeah. Any, um, We're done with the CU I'm podcast? Done. I'm done. You're done? You're fried? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm fucked. You're fucked? I'm going to go check out Wendy's probably. 
All right, so if you if you like the CU podcast, could someone please tally up the number of times Pat has gone to Wendy's after the CU no, podcast? No, the last time went to McDonald's because the last time we we ended after fucking midnight last time, or just about. So Wendy's closed by then. All right, well let's wrap this up. It's eleven thirty four. I think they close at eleven though. Uh, anyway, yeah. I still got to get the table and the mixer out because next time we're going to be at Castle Country. But thanks for supporting us. We have a, a, a Patreon which helps us get us, like brand new mics like this. Uh, or brand new used or refurbished. Uh, see you. It's a uh, see you podcast. It's patreon.com slash see you podcast. Um, it follows on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. You can like us and stuff. Yeah. On that. And I run the YouTubes and maybe we'll be in the Twitches eventually. And uh, yeah, this has been fun. It's been good. It's been a good podcast. It's been a good, good one. It's been a longer one because we added these two topics that we pre recorded. Yeah. I think we should just pre record all the topics. <laughs> it's just somehow we'll just pre-record them all, just edit them all together from like eight different weeks. Just do it via FaceTime. Do it. Well, it might get to that point because uh, you can't make out the Castle Country. So for Ian Ferguson, I am Pat Country. We'll see you all next time. I am Pat Country for Ian Ferguson. No, you're not.